Hey, when does the show start? Hey, wait a minute. <gasps> First, let's hear from our sponsors. Oh, okay. In just a minute. Manny Aurora, the Aurora Law Firm, or as many of you now know him as Mad Dog Manny Aurora, when he stops into the Golden Scissors studio, he is the best when it comes to criminal law. If you got any troubles and you need somebody, reach out to the Aurora Law Firm. TheAuroraLawFirm.com, all right? Located in Atlanta, Georgia, but practices nationwide. Now, if you got a question for Manny when he pops into the Golden Scissor Studio, you can call our hotline at 404-369-3825 or shoot us a message from our website, PodcastTheBS.com. Everybody needs a friend. Everybody needs an ear, and that's why Dr. David Markwell and Ridgeline Counseling are the best at what they do. Ten different therapists who work with Dr. David Markwell at Ridgeline Counseling. If you're in the Georgia area, East Cobb, Marietta, near the Square in McKaysville, right outside of Blue Ridge. And they assist with a wide variety of behavioral health issues like anxiety, depression, relationship issues, parenting issues, trauma, substance use issues, etc., offering virtual sessions if you can't get to the georgia stops the website markwelltherapy.com again markwelltherapy.com fall is right around the corner and the leaves will begin to well fall nobody likes the hassle of cleaning out those gutters that's where inspect all pest services comes in they do gutter cleaning gutter toppers to keep those gutters clean year-round and full gutter replacement in addition to gutters they also do pressure washing to keep your house and driveway looking brand new Inspect all pest services. Call them today. 770-483-2420. 770-483-2420. Mention the BS. Receive 10% off your gutter or pressure washing needs. The BS presents... 2% Takeover. This is going to be fun. Takeover. The break's over. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Andrew Sparks. Um, I don't remember specifically which exact episode it was, but I know the general time frame. It was right around the second week of April, so uh, right around April 12th or something like that. But my favorite episode would be the infamous Bailey's Out of Touch episode. Um, I don't know what everybody else's thoughts are. I do know uh, the various people that have uh, commented on it. But I would say that it is my favorite episode because uh, Bailey achieved what I believe he sets out to achieve for every episode. And that is to either A, connect with his audience and have something that, uh, you know, some sort of shared experience that we have either, you know, experienced ourselves or that we've seen or something like that. Or B, create a discourse for us to, you know, converse back and forth, which, um, this one definitely did that. It's time, ladies and gentlemen. After all these years in the radio business, Jason Bailey is finally unfiltered. I don't know what you want. With his bestest buddy and producer, all the way from Mexico, it's Nate, dude. dude. Sit back, enjoy. Here is the podcast that is all about intellectually immature nonsense. Are a very particular set of skills. You will love it. Why? Because I'm Jason's neighbor. I'm old man Kevin. <laughs> and by God, this is the BS. 
episode 84 of the BS. Thanks for being here. My name is Jason Bailey. Golden Scissors Studios, where I sit in Roswell, Georgia. There's Nader Tater Vader still in his high school bedroom in Iowa, salvating to get back to the fine city of Playa del Carmen, Mexico, which is the selfie capital of the world. (laughs) I swear to God, dude, my phone is listening to me. Uh, on a daily basis, I'll see a story of an influencer that lives in Playa del Carmen, Mexico. Whether it's good, whether it's bad, not the point. It's still, it's 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 the selfie capital of the world. It's where all the influencers are moving to. Yeah, it's either selfies or pictures of your legs or feet in front of the water. <laughs> That's usually the go-tos. And there's, there's, there's got to be a way you can profit off that. You're a smart guy. You're a tech guy. You got to find a way to profit off of these people that have millions of followers uh you know i don't know what you can do you know but it, I, I don't know if it translates well like in, in our heads we go well if we book them as a guest they're not always the most interesting people to talk to uh like nita marie you know the the i have threesomes with god and my husband only fans uh, woman we've had her on we had her on the radio show yeah, it was it was good you know sparked a conversation a follow-up which was great uh, we've had her on the podcast. the The episode did not pop as as big as I would wanted it to pop. I mean, she's got millions of followers because they want to see her, her titties. You know, we're not showing her titties, uh, nor <laughs> are we going to show her titties. So it's not that. But these these people have kind of this old school celebrity attitude. You know, when I go to book them, they they you know we were supposed to have this other OnlyFans woman on this uh, Swedish Bella, and she ghosted me. And I was having conversation. Brandon was out. He's not here with us. Brandon is not here this day. But we were having, both of us were having conversation with us. She was excited to come on back and forth. She was very responsive. And then when we were supposed to have her, she ghosted us. Another uh, influencer type person did that too. So I don't know what the attitude is. I don't know what's in the water down there in Mexico, but it's not good. <laughs> hey, these OnlyFans chicks, they don't live in, I mean, there's some that live there, but those, those ones live here. I don't know what their deal is. Uh, oh, I bet you there's, I mean, that's, uh, I mean, to, to, to do some of the stuff that they do like on the beach or in front of a taco stand or something to that effect. I mean, that's sexy. This is where you move. I'm telling you, either you're going to love it or you're going to hate it. But I would say in the next five years, the city that you live in, in Mexico, Playa del Carmen is going to be a totally different city. It's, I think it's, you know, like you had mentioned when you and your wife went to Cabo, how it's Americanized. And how you'd rather have what you have in Playa del Carmen because it's not so Americanized, including the pricing, right? The prices for things. I can see Playa del Carmen getting there sooner than later, unfortunately for you and for the people oh. that live there, the locals. I would I would also say Playa del Carmen's Americanized. I mean, you can speak English pretty freely, take U.S. dollars. Um, nine out of ten people on the street are from not from Mexico. It, it, oh. It's Americanized as well, but it, it definitely, I mean, it'll get bigger. It's, I, I was looking at uh, some stuff, old stuff I was cleaning out in my room and uh, I found some things from Playa del Carmen from when we used to go. It was like from 1999 and just the pictures, like the, the hotel that my wife and I would go to at, for our honeymoon for the last four or five years uh, didn't even exist in the pictures. It was just jungle. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely going to increase. And I get people, a lot of our, our two percenters, just random people message me privately and say, me and my wife are looking to move out of the country. How do we do it? Where do we start? 
Um, so yeah, I, I would not be surprised. You got to buy a piece of real estate down there. I'm telling you, it'd be a great investment. Rach and I talk about it all the time. You know, there's a lot of hurdles for us, but for you, since you have residency there, it'd be easy. And it's so inexpensive, uh, to, yeah. to buy a two, two condo right there on that main strip. I mean, you're looking at a couple hundred thousand dollars, which is nothing right to, to purchase something like that. I'm telling you in five years, that will be. Uh, at least tripled at least yeah well and it depends on if you're just living in it or if you're I, I probably wouldn't recommend it if you're trying to rent it because it's so saturated there everybody has a con i mean there's hundred like thousands of condos here um so the, it would be hard to to compete with everybody i would think what i was thinking is that we purchase the condo and you guys live in it we don't make a profit you just pay what we pay for the mortgage um, and, and then, uh, what, then you retire down here when you're done now, then we just sell it when the time is right and kick oh, you okay. and evict you and kick you out. <laughs> no, I, would never, right. I would never do that. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I would never do that, but, but I think it's a great investment. You know, I mean, I, I, you know how much I love real estate. <laughs> it's so much fun. Uh, so my wife thinks I'm, I'm nuts. Um, if you follow me on social media at Mr. Jason Bailey, most places you you've seen that I've posted a, a few times over the last couple of weeks that it, it, I still don't know the reason why I've been on this kick. I'm, I'm trying to figure this one out on my own, but I've been on this, um, not apocalyptic end of the world kick, just preparedness kick where I, I, cause I've always wanted a bug out bag and, you know, I've, I, and I've always wanted a, a, a tactical jacket ready to go. If I need it, it sounds so silly. It's almost very child-esque, like G.I. Joe-like, right? But I'm, I, I'm, I don't know if I'm bored <laughs> or what, and I've got nothing to buy and nothing to do other than work on this podcast, which is fine, and I, I, I thoroughly enjoy it, but I need other things to do in my life. And so that had always been on the list of putting together at first it started with a tactical vest, right? I wanted a tactical vest and I wanted to load it up with my ammunition and the things that I would need. So I didn't tell Rach at first because I just, I, I, she, I didn't, she wouldn't care. She'd look at me like I'm crazy. So I bought it finally, like 35 bucks on Amazon, right? I bought it and it comes to the house and I also bought things to go in it, like a flashlight, like a little flashlight, a compass and all these like little things. And, you know, I'm putting my bullets in it and my shotgun shells and the little hoops, you know, and stuff like that. And she's, what are you doing? I said, have I ever told you I wanted a tactical vest? And she goes, maybe. And I said, yeah, well, I figured I'd buy it and just have it. She goes, where would one wear this vest? Like she's like questioning me, like I'm going to be the next school shooter or something. I, uh, I, I just in case you need it, you know, I mean, God forbid something were to happen at Ariel school. I'm in the car. I'm going there. I'm finding a way in the school. And I, now I'm ready to go. I have my vest. The vest has got a holster in it. I put my firearm in the holster. I'm ready to go. And she goes, okay. I don't know how to react to this quite yet. Let me, can I get back to you to, to finish this conversation? I said, yeah, sure. Love you. Love you. And then she just went on her way. I felt like I was being judged, Nate. I really felt like I was being judged. Yeah, well, 
I kind of, the last time you brought this up, I kind of agree with your wife. I, I don't know what you would need it for. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 oh, but let's look at it from the other side. You don't know what I would not, not need it for. Right. And it, I mean, if you're talking the vest, I, I don't know. I, I don't think you need that, but the bag I can kind of understand depending on what is in it, I guess, and what you think the purpose of it is. Okay. So that's the next part of this conversation. So it, it was the vest at first and I've got it hanging in one of my closets and I, I put a hook in the wall. So it's easy access. This is now my, my go-to closet for my stuff. And when I ordered it on Amazon, you know how it gives you that that line of items that you could buy people also bought these things right right <laughs> so so i'm just clicking on all of them because i need to have those in my vest and then one of the things that people also bought was a tactical bag like a bug out bag or i think as somebody referred to it on somebody on social media referred to it as something else not necessarily a bug out bag, a survival bag yeah survival kit survival kit right so like, all right, well, let me find, I, I definitely need one that's water resistant. I had, I had some parameters. I needed one that was water resistant. These are my parameters. Water resistant, a lot of pockets and a side pocket to carry my water jug. <laughs> that's, what an idiot. Like this whole thing is so stupid, <laughs> but it's kind of funny. So I finally found one and it wasn't the one recommended. This was a different one. It's like, this one's going to be perfect. So I order it. And it was from a veteran-owned company, which made me feel even better, right? I'm like, made in the USA, hopefully. You know, veteran. I'm hoping they're a veteran of the United States military. I'm hoping out, hope I'm helping out a good cause. Hope, I, hope I'm not buying something from a company that's replaced the tag with made in the USA like certain companies did not that long ago. And uh, so, <laughs> so now I'm like, what do I fill it with? All right, so that's the question now. And that's the question I'll pose on social media as well. What do you fill your survival bag with? You only can fill it with so many things, you know, and there's now I've learned there's different survival bag types. There's the camping type. There's the apocalyptic type. There's the three day type. There's the five day type, you know, so what are you putting in this bag, Nate? Well, yeah, and that's what I was going to ask, or that's why I was asking, what would you use it for? Because it, it kind of depends on what you would need. If if you think the end of the world is coming, and I don't know if you got to put in some, what are those food things that uh, the military eats? The uh, M MEDs, I think meal. What are those? MR. Was it MRIs? No. Meal reading. MR. I, I know what you're talking about because I was looking at them on Amazon. <laughs> And they're actually, the company is called, there's a company, uh, they're like ready to eat. Is it RTE or something? Uh, MRE. Meal meal ready to eat. Meal ready to eat. Is that what it is? MRE? Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I mean, it's basically like, like space food, right? Like the astronaut ice cream that you get at like the science center. It's like, uh stuff that'll last a while so i think those would be good right but they, but they, they only last for a certain amount of time they don't last forever yeah mre meals you're correct mres but they 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 have uh i think they have a shelf life if memory yeah serves. it's five years oh is it five years mm-hmm. yeah, not, I'm, I'm sure they now they're not cheap either 
Four, oh, are they? Four pack is 45 bucks. Oh, so dang. That's, that's kind of pricey just to put in a bag, knowing that you're probably never going to need this bag. Uh, but if you are, so, I, so, so, okay. So MREs, you got plenty, you got mm. plenty more room. Uh, now remember I got a family of three, so, you know, probably got to get a couple MREs in there or we're just sharing food. We're just trying to get through the next couple days. That's the way I'm looking at it is like, we just, it's not necessarily food, but we're just trying to get through the next couple days. Cause you can always like it's, find food. It's, is somebody coming after you or are you, is there a, a zombie invasion or is there a meteor? Like what, what are you running from or trying to survive from? Uh, okay. So the way I look at it is we just have to get out of the house and we've, it's like very red dawn esque. We got to get out of the house and we got to get up to the mountains. Okay. <laughs> Let me leave my compound with all my security cameras and, and security systems to go off in the woods with a bug out bag. <laughs> I'm not good at this. I never claimed to be good at this. See, and that's the, that's kind of why I was asking why you needed it. Cause I picture you like with your vest on, like trouncing through the woods, but then you have like four dogs and your wife in tow and she's taking <laughs> selfies and your daughter's asking for a pink drink and you're like, fuckers, let's go. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even made it past Starbucks yet. <laughs> I know there's a Hilton up here to the right. Come on, let's go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you might be right. I, I don't know. I, that's, I, I'm just guessing. I have purchased things to put in this, this, this survival bag. That's why at first I was asking you what you'd put it in. Um, when, okay. when you when you name something that I've purchased, I'll let you know. Okay. Um, yeah. So the MREs, uh, a knife, I guess. Mm -hmm. I got I got a very cool survival knife that's wrapped in paracord in case I need it. It's also got a um, a little gimmick to start fires. Was that flint? You know, mm -hmm. uh, I got that, and there's something else in it. It's 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 a survival knife. It's pretty cool. Done. Okay. Done. Um, I don't think you need one, but I assume you bought a flashlight. Two. Yeah. Got two of them. Yeah. Well, of course you need one. It gets dark out. You, yeah, you, you live in Roswell. Just go under the streetlight. <laughs> the power's out. That's why I'm in the woods. Remember, I'm in the woods. Okay. Well, then you got a flint. Yeah. I got a flint to start a fire. I also got a light yeah. too. So. Yeah. So that's good. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess maybe a change of underwear in case, uh, you get wet going through the woods with your uh, your waterproof tactical vest and bag. So the only the only clothing that I'm putting in there is a pair of socks. I'm going with the clothes on my back. Oh, that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. a pair of socks. You should get one of those. Um, they're like blankets, but they look like the piece of the UFO that they found at Roswell, like that weird tinfoily looking blanket that the mm -hmm. that like um firefighters usually use if somebody was rescued from a fire i happen to have one of those in the garage they're called thermal blankets in yeah. in the survival bag nicely done that's in there um probably at least one my court caddy so you can prove that you own it <laughs> not going in the survival bag <laughs> oh, okay I, I do have ponchos i put ponchos in the survival bag oh that's a good one um a life straw two of them yes why <laughs> So you don't have to wait. <laughs> I'm not I'm waiting to drink out of this river. You, 
we're going to get two of them so we can drink out together. <laughs> I'm not drinking after Rachel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you go first. Well, in case we, you know, we pick up a stray and they want to drink. We live, we still live in a COVID world. I, I want to make sure that we don't swap germs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you, you bring in some camouflage masks? <laughs> I, I did. I have a, I have a filter mask in there because I have a bunch of them from the pandemic just laying around. I found it the other day. I was like, you're going in the survival. Like a lot of this stuff I'm finding around the house. I'm like, you know what? I haven't seen you in years. You're going in the survival bag. You've never been used. That's where you're going. <laughs> yeah. Put, I'm putting you to Jenga. use. <laughs> Old Jenga. All right. <laughs> we might get bored in the woods. Let's bring some board games along. <laughs> uh, okay. So, um, the other thing, this one you really like, I got a, a solar powered charger. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Like a phone charger or like a power block. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but it powers by the sun. <laughs> and I said that so yeah. like it was like the newest invention ever, but <laughs> yeah, a solar powered uh, charger. I thought that was a good thing to have. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I haven't seen or dealt with the new ones, but I've had them before and they don't, you, they don't get enough power to actually do anything. Um, I think it would take a long time to charge, well, but, but that's a good idea. If, if, mm-hmm. if all the power is out, I guess, and, mm-hmm. and there's no, uh, there's no grid anymore. Yeah. There's no, we're off the grid. Uh, I also putting an old, uh, iPhone or battery pack in there. That's, that's, that's charged up. I just charged it the other night. It's, it's ready to go. So I got, got a lot. Of, I'm ready. I'm ready to do some tech stuff. I'm ready to keep the podcast going. If the end of the world happens, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> broadcasting from the woods. <laughs> What's in your survival bag? Bunch of power chargers. <laughs> yeah. Nothing to eat. Just a bunch of fucking power chargers. <laughs> uh, I've got, I've got a fold, fold, uh, fold survival shovel. That's got all these little neat things on it. Like, uh, you know, a saw and kind of stuff, you know, so I've got to dig a hole. Okay. <laughs> when you just steal, you just, that's like one of those things like walking dead, you can just steal from somebody else's house. Yeah. But we're again, where there's nothing around us right now. We're in the woods, we're in the mountains or something. I got to dig a hole. I don't know what for, but you know, when you're surviving and it's the end of the world, there's a good chance you're going to have to dig a hole for at some point in time. I don't want to use my hands. I got a shovel. <laughs> Uh, what about like a first aid kit, like some band-aids or something? Okay. <laughs> yes. But here's the thing. Okay. So, uh, when we first got the vending machine up at the cabin, up at Paradise City, right? We had load uh, the idea, the idea behind the vending machine was to load it up with things that I thought people would forget that they don't want to leave the mountain for. Because, you know, it's about 15 minutes one way to get to the Dollar General, if it's even open. And even though we have a first aid kit on property, um, with as many guests as we have coming through our cabin, there are a lot of things that are taken very often. And you can't always depend on the cleaning lady to take inventory of all those things. So... There are certain items that we don't provide. We, we Actually, our cabin is one of the most well-stocked cabins out there. Uh, and that's fact from our guests. And we stay in a lot of Airbnbs. A lot of Airbnbs don't give you shit. They give you like two cups, four knives. You know, we stock. We've got crock pots. We've got everything you possibly need. People come to our cabin for Thanksgiving dinner and don't have to bring a thing other than their food. 
Uh, that just goes to show you how well-stocked we are. But people steal a lot of stuff, whether on purpose or not. Things go missing and we have to replace it, but that's the business that we're in. So with this vending machine, the idea was to put things in there for purchase that people might forget or need an extra of. Uh, iPhone Android chargers for your phone was one of them. So we put those in there and you could buy the vending machine. I thought that was cool. Uh, toothbrush, toothpaste, might forget it for, I've done it. You know, you can purchase it. I'm like, brilliant. Coffee in the morning. Somebody might forget coffee. So we got coffee for you. Or they might run out of coffee. Uh, wipes, uh, um, mosquito stuff, right? You know, mm -hmm. these little packets that we found sell for like a dollar or two or something like that. That if you're getting eaten by mosquitoes, you are in the woods. You forgot it, ran out of it. We've got it right there for you. Not a problem. Uh, batteries. I thought batteries was a brilliant idea. Double A, triple A batteries. Your kid has whatever, runs out of batteries. You need batteries. Bam, batteries. And first aid kits. These little small mini first aid kits. Uh, they're over there. They, they Like literally they have a piece of gauze, a couple band-aids, I think like a, a, a medical wipe and that's it. It's like for a one-off, right? That's a one-off yeah. and we were selling them. Half those things nobody bought. They want candy bars and chips because they're high probably. And they want yeah. their, the, and it's also got the refrigerated part underneath where there's, there's drinks you can buy. So we swapped out a lot of stuff, changed the pricing and, you know, lowered the pricing on, on everything. It was just like here chips for a dollar, you know, pop tarts for two or something like that. But I've got all these, I've got these batteries now that I've purchased that no one's going to use. And I've got these first aid kits. So yes to the first aid kit, but there's a story behind it. I have to share. <laughs> so I'm going to have like five of these mini first aid kits in there, or I'm going to take them all out and try to put them all in one. <laughs> yeah. You're like, Hey, we got seven band-aids. Are we good? <laughs> Nobody get hurt too bad. <laughs> uh, and I, I got a compass. That's attached to a carabiner, which is kind of neat. And, oh, I got this multi-tool axe. It's a mini axe. So if it's like a branch, I could probably do it. I can't do a big tree, but like a mini, you know, it's a mini axe. And it's got all these different tools in it. It's got a saw. It's got neat stuff. So if I have to build a house, I can use my shovel and my multi-tool axe. Why? I thought you were only gone for a couple of days. Why are you building houses? Well, I could build a makeshift. I mean, we watch Naked and Afraid, right? The first day, what do they do? They're building a house. You want to? Be you just go back to your house. It's already built. <laughs> no, no, no. But I got to build out in the woods. I mean, that's where we're at right now. We're in the woods. I got to cut down some branches, and I got to be elevated uh, off the ground so bears don't get us. Just get a. Oh, you should put a hammock in there, maybe. Ooh, that's a good idea. Ooh, a hammock. A hammock for three. Uh, well, when we got oh, the, no, just for one, the, the, they'll stand guard. You know what worries me the, the most if, like, something horrible were to happen? I mean, let's be honest. Half the, half the world, definitely half the United States right now, we're in Cold War mode where we are fearing nuclear, uh, a World War III nuclear attack, right? And I don't think, to be honest with you, you would like to think that we're safe from it. I don't think there's a damn thing that can be done. Um, it, it, you just, it just takes one crazy motherfucker to hit that button. Like what almost happened in the eighties on accident. And 
once that button is hit, then everybody else hits their button that has the that has the nukes. And that's when you find out who says they don't have nukes actually do have nukes. Because yeah. they're like, well, if you're shooting at us, we're shooting at you. And once you make that decision, that decision is made and the end of the world is here. Once those drop, I mean, because it's not just one. It's not a Hiroshima thing. Once these missiles are shot, there's numerous missiles at targets. And it's the end of the world as we know it. You know, and, and we won't, you and I won't be alive before the new world is 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 functioning. That's going to take another hundred fucking years, uh, at least, right, to, to rebuild it. So, um, so that kind of stuff scares me. But here's what scares me the most about it all. What do I do with my dogs? Like, I'm not leaving yeah. my dogs behind. That's just not happening. I would die before I left my dogs behind. Yeah. And that's why I said you don't need this bag because you're going to get in the car with all your dogs and you won't need all these things because you'll have your vehicle. There's a, there's a scene in the movie Deep Impact. You've seen that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. There's a scene at the end of that movie that I can't watch. It kills me. It crushes me. I don't like watching either one of those, Deep Impact or Armageddon's. It just gives me anxiety. But there's a scene at the end where the kid that first spotted the asteroid uh, or yeah, the the kid that's first. Wait, well, anyway, no, no, no. The, the kid, yeah, the kid that first by the asteroid, his girlfriend, that young girl. Her parents are leaving the house, and they leave their dog chained in the garage, like barricaded. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't do. I couldn't do that. I just could not do that. I would just sit in my house and just wait for the end of days. I couldn't do it. I, I, I if I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out with a clear conscience. I could not leave. I could not sit there and look at my dogs and go, sorry, guys, you know, that's, but I'm a crazy dog guy. That's just who I am. I know there's people out there going, you're stupid, dude. People before dog. Yeah, I get it. But that's just not me. I couldn't do it. It's not. Yeah. Or like I, I am legend with Will Smith and his dog. Yeah. And he has to kill. Oh, I can't watch that scene either. Sam, when he has to chill Sam out. Oh, can't do it. I just can't do it. So, so far, that's what's in my survival bag. Oh, and credit to my former co-host for the indestructible gloves that he bought me a couple years ago. I forgot that I had them. They were buried in my old radio work bag. I pulled them out to put them in the survival bag. So somebody, you can let him know they're being put to good use, and I appreciate the prize. That was a very nice gift. Are those the ones that I put hot dogs in and then we tested it and we cut off the fingers? Yes, but to his credit, what did he do? He reordered them and I got a new pair. So, but I'm just not going to make sure that at the end of the world, you know, if I, if let's say I'm a POW and I've got my gloves on and they're trying to get me to talk and they're like, where is your solar powered iPhone charger? I won't talk. We're going to cut the finger off. I'll know that they can cut the finger off. I'm going to tell them that they're, they can't because the gloves are, are finger cutting proof, but we both know better. You can cut the finger off. So yeah, I'm going to, <laughs> yeah don't, don't bluff with that one. <laughs> yeah, they're, not, they're not really going to cut my finger off. <laughs> <laughs> I won't bluff with the, with the glove. <laughs> the, the ad on Instagram says you can't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Try me. Just try to cut my fingers off. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh man. Damn. We've already tried this. It's going to be like a hot dog. I'm going to think about that day too. So, uh, but Rach thinks I'm, I'm, I don't know if she thinks I'm crazy. She just thinks I'm a little off for doing all this stuff. 
Yeah. She probably is like, how is he bored? He has so much stuff to do. <laughs> she wants to know why I'm doing it. Like she's, she, she thinks that, the, you know, she's a thinker. So she's thinking that there's more to it or something. I'm like, mm-hmm. do you really think I'm going to leave you? This isn't what guys do when they leave their wives. They don't put yeah. together a tactical vest and a bug out bag. <laughs> yeah. Guys, I'm, I'm leaving Rachel. I'm uh, going camping in the woods with my shovel. See ya. <laughs> when guys leave their wives, they buy condos in Miami. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or another apartment down the street. Or in Buckhead. That's what they do. They don't put together a tactical vest that's got shotgun shells in the front and the little loopy things. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the other uh, attraction I had. I always thought that was cool, the little shotgun shells lined up next to each other, you know? Oh, yeah, like on the vest? Yeah, on the vest. The only problem is, is uh, so it has so many holes, so many loops, I should say, so many loops, and they're all the same but the last one. The last one is a different shotgun shell. So if I have to bug out with my tactical vest, my OCD is going to kill me because they're all red and gold except for one, which is clear and silver. And it's just driving me nuts. Oh, uh, It's probably for something specific. I wonder what it is. Uh, Maybe that's where your toothbrush goes. No, no, no. It's four shot. I just ran out of I just ran out of shotgun shells in that box. That's all. So I, oh, I, shotgun, I thought you meant the loops. One was different color. No, no, no. I just ran out of shotgun shells in that box. So uh, okay, yeah, I see. That that was the thing. So anyway, so she thinks I'm a little odd. Um, I, I hesitated to post it on social media, too. I was I I, I was like, oh, this will be fun social media post. And I was like, no, I don't think it would be. I don't, I don't think that's going to go over well. I've never seen anybody post their tactical vest and survival bags on social media. Yeah. No, but I think you'd be fine. Like most of our listeners are like, you know, good, or in my opinion, they're, you know, good maybe hunters or outdoorsy guys or handy guys. Any guys like that are usually the ones that are they're prepared like that, that have a cool uh, bug out bag ready to go. Yeah. If you follow the post on the, uh, the Bailey Show podcast social media, this is on Facebook mainly is there's a good conversation going back and forth. And it's like a 50-50 split of people that think it's weird to do. And then there's, and that was, that surprised me a little bit, especially with our audience in Georgia. I would think every single damn one of you people got one of these. And then I was like, well, maybe it's one of those things you don't talk about. You do, but you don't talk about because you, you're, you fear that people will judge you. Not that I think most people care, but it's like, why even get in that, that, that battle? Uh, or you don't want people to know that you have it, you know? Yeah. 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 I don't know. I, I think, I don't, I, I think it's good to be prepared, I guess. I, I don't think I would get one, but if I, if I had to, or if I had one, it wouldn't, it doesn't hurt, you know, keep it in your car in your house or whatever. Um, but it is weird. The, I feel like the people that would have one are usually the people who say you don't live in fear, but then kind of living in fear. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I'm gonna wear. I'm gonna wear my tactical vest with shotgun shells and all at the next podcast in pores. So yeah. that's gonna be my. Ho- oh, never mind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, buddy. Um, yeah, it kind of reminds me of who's the guy in. I think Tremors, the old dude that had all, and the wife, he was like a big game hunter and he had all those guns. Uh, Do you remember that movie, Tremors? Oh, yeah, with Kevin Bacon? Yeah, but there was like the older guy with the wife and he was, he seemed like the the bug out bag guy. He seemed prepared. He had like that elephant gun in the basement or something. There's always one of them. There's always one of them. 
Uh, podcastbs.com. Of course, I got to tell you about the website just in case uh, you don't know. Maybe you're running across our podcast for the very, very first time, uh, which is cool. You know, you can subscribe. We'd appreciate that. Uh, you can do that right there on the website. It's only four ninety nine a month. You get commercial free episodes. You get extra episodes. You get exclusive giveaways. And uh, coming up here shortly, that's going to come into play in a big way. So uh, I'm, I'm highly pushing you to uh, become a subscriber. Please do that. Also, our merch store is up there as well. And you can buy all kinds of BS merchandise, all the different segments that we do, so on and so forth. Sign up for a newsletter. I get them out periodically. They're not a weekly newsletter or anything like that. It's just a newsletter when I got something to say. I'll send it out to everybody. Um, and, uh, all of our social channels, especially, especially our YouTube. I really would like our YouTube to get big just because we work so fucking hard on that damn channel. There's so much content up there at times. I think we're wasting our time just because of all the work that we do for our YouTube channel. It only takes a second. That's free to subscribe to that. And you'll see all the notifications when, and we put new stuff up there like almost daily, if not daily. So please, for the love of baby Jesus, wearing a G-string, you know, subscribe to our YouTube channel if you don't mind. Uh, I wanted to bring this up because I see them everywhere, and I'm sure a lot of you do as well. Uh, I think I've, I've talked about the, the violent homeless beggars, have I not? Um, I've seen them. I don't, I don't think you've talked about them or any story recently. You've seen them in Mexico or in the United States? No, I've seen them in the United States. Yeah. They, there used to be one um, at Target by North Point Mall. Okay, I see a, a dude there. Okay, so when you lived in Atlanta, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it, where where I live north of Atlanta in Roswell, you know, my little bubble is East Cobb area, so Marietta, Roswell, and I see especially the Stinky Kroger that I that I go to. You know, that's our go to Kroger, unfortunately, but the, they're always out there you see it's usually a family with kids playing playing the violin and from a distance it sounds really really good and to be honest with you i didn't put much thought into it other than going oh that's clever you know you're you're playing music and people are going to appreciate you playing music and they'll give you money i probably have done it from time to time i never thought that they weren't really playing the violin <laughs> i don't know why yeah uh, and, and they, they it's usually they're, uh, they're traveling in families. They'll always have kids with them. And I've even seen them strategically place themselves on different corners so you can't miss them. And they have signs. Uh, and it's a whole family. You know, daughters, sons, mothers, fathers, grandfathers, little kids. I mean, there's a lot of them. And you know that they're all connected, but they're placed at different parts of, of the town. So... There's an article that came out talking about these people. This is like a thing, not only across the United States, but also uh, they found in the UK that these people are fake. They, they're, they're phony balonies. And you know who's pissed off most that these people are out there doing it, Nate? Um, other beggars? No, other violin players. That's who's going after them because they're like, yeah, they're like, I'm a real violin player. You're pretending to be a violin player. That makes us look silly. That's disrespectful to people that have worked their ass off to play violin. You're out here scamming people, 
pretending to play violin when you're just moving the bow on your violin to a track. You're lip syncing pretty much, right? And there are videos on social media of one in particular, this this girl, I think it was on TikTok, she approaches this guy, young guy in his mid-20s, good-looking guy, does not look homeless, playing violin, asking for, for money that says a sign, I've got kids, I need food, blah, blah, blah. And she rolls up with her violin and her bow. Is it boa or bow? 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 Bow. bow. Yeah. With her bow and says, you're really good. And he says, hey, thank you. She goes, we should do an unaccompanied duet. And he's like, what's that mean? And she goes, an unaccompanied duet. So now she's trying to, like, these are simplistic terms that you should know. And we should play together. He's like, all right, that's cool. Let's do that. And she goes, but without the backing track. And he's like, oh, no, you're, and he's smart. He goes, you're probably really, really good. I'm embarrassed. I don't want to do that. She goes, you're really good. I've heard you play. And I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. She goes, because you're not a fucking violin player. And then she just goes off on him. And the guy's like, kind of cat got your tongue. Uh, but there was, this is like become a thing. They're called bus, buskers or people that, uh, hold on, what was the definition of busker? That was another term I learned for the first time. Is it, it, I think it's somebody that plays music in bed. I think it's like street performers. Like a street performer, yeah. A person who performs music or other entertainment in the street or another public place for monetary donations. That is what a busker is called. Didn't know that. Never heard that term before. So this, yeah. this article is about buskers and real buskers versus fake buskers. And these people are scamming. And the real violin players are the ones that are going after them. Actually, it was on YouTube, the video I saw. Yeah. I'm posting yeah, I'm it. watching it too. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about this. Um, I guess I could understand her frustration being a violinist, but who fucking cares? Like, <laughs> I mean, it, it, we should be more upset that if you are hard up or homeless or whatever, that you have to like, like dance monkey dance. Like you have to do something to entertain people to get them to help you out. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, but yeah, I don't know. It, it, does it matter? Does it matter if they're really playing or not? As long as somebody's enjoying it, it just sounds like she's a little butthurt about it because she's, she's not making money or she's not getting that money that he's getting. I don't know, man. I kind of get it. If, if I worked my ass and again, this is, these are younger people that are upset. So they haven't gotten to the point in life where the, the let it go stage They're You know, when you're younger, you're obviously more passionate about certain things. And so I kind of get where she's coming from. Like she's passionate. She puts the work in, she's busting her ass. She also makes the argument of, you know, there's a lot of kids that, uh, you know, want to play these instruments and whatnot, and you're you're just making everybody look. But you're lying. You're lying that yeah, you but play they're, it. But they're not making him look bad. He. It's not like he's playing the the violin and playing poorly. The track he's using is very good, so it's good violinist music. These people don't know if he's playing it or not. They just are enjoying enjoying the the music. And if the kid wants to play it, he's. He's looking at somebody that's playing it well, even if it's not really them. It's still doing the job that she wants if she wants to inspire kids to play music. I don't really see an issue here. All right. Well, they're they're pissed off. I'm telling you, they're out for blood. They're, they're just mad because they I don't just because they know what's behind the scene. It'd be it's the same thing as like the Super Bowl halftime show. If if you know they're not or, or any musical event, if they're lip syncing or you know using backing tracks or whatever, or even. Um, what is uh what's the 
the auto tune, like things like that. That's not really them seeing. I mean, it's them, but it's, you know, altered. So are we, are they going after every fucking person that auto tunes or lip syncs or doesn't actually, or, you know, is pretending to play the guitar in a, in a show that's on TV or something? No, they're just butthurt because they think that they're affected directly somehow, but they're not, they're just being selfish. Well, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm, I've been horn swoggled by the fake violiners and Me I too. personally am offended and I'm going to now approach them every time I see them uh, at risk of getting zombie bit and say, if you can play it without the backing track, I'll give you $20. And that's going to be my new, my new tactical vest. That's my new project. That's <laughs> <laughs> my, new, my new something. <laughs> I had to do something. Uh, or like down in uh, Playa del Carmen, people aren't getting mad at the, or even in Vegas, you know, the, the street performers. Are you, are you going up to the guy? You're not really Batman, you know. I mean, you're, you're kind of making all the real Batmans look bad. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, that's different, though, because no, you're, you're pretending to be something you're not. <laughs> God, man, you make so much sense. I hate when you do that. Uh, it, it, so if they adopted the, I'm pretending to be a professional violinist, like find mm -hmm. the whoever the most famous violinist is in the world that nobody knows about. Right. And they're like, right. I'm pretending to be Pierre Mushnikno. Uh, and they're like, who's Pierre Mushnikno? Oh, he's the most famous. I don't know how to play violin. I just always wish I did. So I am pretending to, and they play his music. Then they can't be pissed off because they're acting out somebody else. Yeah. Or yeah, I don't know. They'd have to yeah, dress like Pierre though. I don't know who the fuck Pierre is. I just made that name up, but I'm just saying yeah. you got to dress like Pierre, like a little beret and whatever. But then our, yeah, I, I, in theory that should make sense because there's people that impersonate Michael Jackson or whatever, or even just a cover band. You're basically, you're not impersonating them, but some, some are some dress like them and everything. But then on the other hand, are you, I, it, that would piss me off more because you're using my likeness to make money. I don't know what these people are pissed off about. They're not, they're not taking anything away from the, these people. She's not on the street corner playing <laughs> violin. She probably like has a nice house and is playing in the, the orchestra or something. Why does she care if this guy's making like five bucks on the weekend? <laughs> because they're making the real violinist look. I, I think it's funny that those are the people that are pissed off. Like yeah. out of everybody, like if I'm the manager at the Marshalls, that uh, they're playing in front of and they're do you know trying to hit up all my customers for money like that that's who I thought was going to be pissed off you know the, this the, yeah. the the businesses that these people are in front of because it's very un uncomfortable and awkward when you walk by them I don't even like the fucking Girl Scouts outside the grocery store I think they're too aggressive and they become more aggressive every year and younger you know when mm -hmm. you get this cute little six year old that's like. Hey, fucker, give me five bucks for some Thin Mints or you're an asshole. I was like, jeez, okay. <laughs> take take 10. Just give me one box. You keep the change. I got to get out of here for yelling me some more. So anyway, uh, all right. So let's, uh, in our third segment here, I want to talk about, even though Brandon's not here, he did something that I've never seen before to me. And also, uh, Pammy and Tommy on Hulu is a must-see but it's actually deeper than what you think it is. So we'll talk about that, but let's get to our guests first. Hold up. Wait a minute. Let's hear from our sponsors. I want you to call my wife, but not for those reasons, you weirdo. I want you to call my wife, Rachel Guy, because you want to participate in this crazy market that's happening right now and take advantage of a house. She is the best 
at doing what she does, and that is a realtor with Keller Williams Atlanta North Office. Anybody that's dealt with my wife, and I know a lot of you two percenters have, uh, she's absolutely amazing. I can tell you firsthand, you know, if you're a first-time home buyer, she's going to walk you through it. If you've done this numerous times before, you might learn something. She's great. So if you're looking to buy or sell, call Rachel Guy because she's your guy. 404-797-4600. That's 404-797-4600. Let's keep it before 9 p.m. All right. Some of you call fairly late. It's a little annoying. No offense. Stress-free buying and selling, and like I said, this crazy nutso market. You can also shoot her an email. I am Rachel Guy at gmail.com. I am Rachel Guy at gmail.com. Sometimes it's tough finding the right tree service, like ones that'll give you a call back or ones that'll even show up. Cut and right tree service and more, they're gonna do both. They're gonna show up and they're gonna call you back. 877-828-8846. You can also book online cuttingright.com c-u-t-t-i-n-r-i-g-h-t dot com female veteran owned located and servicing all around atlanta and if you mention the bs when you call you get a hundred dollars off your job experience tree removal who care all about the details customer satisfaction guaranteed 877-828-8846 that's 877-8-CUTTIN cuttingright.com and back to you, Jason. The Bailey Show podcast guest portal brought to us by Country Financial. If you need anything insurance related, call Sean now. 678-519-9028. The camp agency at Country Financial. Your one-stop shop to all your insurable needs. Merry Christmas, mother. Merry Christmas. Happy holiday. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah. Happy all the good stuff. Yeah, it is the season. It's Jason Bailey. Thanks so much for all the support this year with the podcast. Really, really appreciate it. It was more than I ever could have expected, to be quite honest with you. I want you to enjoy this time with your family and your friends. And uh, we hope that 2023 is going to be a great year for you. We hope it is for us. We know it is for us. So Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Stay safe. I know that Bailey wasn't trying to seem like he was out of touch. And I kind of have an idea of where he was going when he said, you know, that money is not that much because in comparison with today's, or at the time, um, with the housing market in Georgia, and probably, you know, pretty much anywhere else, I just know what it's like in Georgia because we bought a house earlier this year as well. Um, An island, compared to, you know, I don't know, 1,600 square foot house or something like that, you know, that that is a pretty good um, comparison, and as Bailey likes to call it, an ROI. Um, but anyway, like I said, it definitely created a, a big discourse for all the listeners. Um, some people... You know, thought he was quote unquote out of touch. Some people thought that he was, you know, right on the money. But either way you look at it, whether you were one of the um, people who thought he was out of touch or people that thought he was right, you know, making that comparison, it, you know, like I said before, achieved Bailey's goal of creating a discourse to have a conversation back and forth between all the two peers. Um, 
And this has happened several times throughout the show. This is just one that would, to me, stands out the most because there was a long, long, long list of comments on the Two Peter page. And more often than not, people were able to keep it civil. So again, that was my favorite episode of the BS. Mad Dog Manny Aurora. You know you got to get that tattooed on your body now, right? Yeah. <laughs> right across the chest. Yeah. Like like Tommy Lee has mayhem or thug life. You're going to have to you're going to have to have <laughs> Mad Dog Manny. I don't know, that's a lot of that's a lot of letters to get in there. Yeah. People like it. People like the Mad Dog Manny Aurora. So, how have you been? Good? Can't complain. Been enjoying the summer. Yeah. Um, you uh, got any interesting cases? Any defense cases that you're dealing with right now? Lots of interesting cases. Uh, there's a very interesting murder going on where nobody <laughs> punched, shot, or stabbed anybody, but the person died, and so DeKalb County charged him with murder anyway. How'd they die? So they're accusing him of pulling the woman's hair, which twisted her neck. Oh, with, yeah, 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 yeah. I think you mentioned this last time you were there. So he pulled her hair back and she hit her head. No, she didn't hit her head. Apparently, there's a vertebral artery. There's two of them on the sides, along with the carotid that supply blood to the brain. They're saying there's a little bit of a tear on the vertebral artery by pulling her hair, which then caused her death. And so they charged him with intentional murder. Wow. One. Murder one? Equivalent to murder one, yes. We what? call it malice murder here in our state, and it's life or life without parole are the only two options. Right, yeah. And you have to defend this guy. Absolutely. Wow. Is this something that he can plea out? You know, I watch a lot of the TV. You're like, take the plea, you don't want to go to jury. I'm not taking 20 years on this one. For pulling somebody's hair, are you kidding me? Really? You want to fight it? Absolutely. Murder for pulling hair? I thought I thought the whole, I thought the, the trick of the trade was anytime you can not go to a jury, the better. Generally speaking, yes, but this is actually defensible. I mean, how in the world are you going to say if I'm in a fight with my girlfriend and I pull some hair that that's murder one? So you're you you're openly saying there was domestic abuse. Yes. Okay. So you're saying my my client is no angel. They, I'm not disputing that domestic violence took place in this household, and it is, and he regrets it. But he is not a murderer. Yes. That's what you're saying. Yeah, then every time somebody got in a fight with somebody and they somehow died by something obscure, unexpected, unplanned, yeah. unforeseen, you're going to charge them with murder? That's just, it's gone too far with this overcharging. So if, okay, so they come back and they say, no, it's not, not malice murder, murder one. Can they say, but it is, or the judge can say, but it is, um, uh, what's the other word? It's just assault. Absolutely. No, no, what's what's the other murder? Um, a felony murder, which is the same as malice murder. Involuntary. Like man, involuntary man, manslaughter. Involuntary manslaughter. Thank you, Nate. Yeah, involuntary manslaughter. Yes, but that is based on some amount of foreseeability. I mean, if I went up there and you got in a fight with your wife and you just happened to grab her hair, whether it be by accident or purpose, you didn't punch her, you didn't hit her, you didn't do anything, you just grabbed the hair mm -hmm. and she died. That's the same as walking up to her and shooting her in the face with a gun, essentially, is what... The government mm. is saying, "Wow, same punishment." Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I don't know, Nate. Like, if somebody kills somebody, even by accident, do you feel like there should be a punishment? Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on what it is. Like, there's involuntary manslaughter or vehicular homicide. You know, if you you didn't 
mean to kill them, but you killed them. Or like Jason, you always tell a story of uh, a guy that got in a fight in Vegas in a bathroom. Guy got you know what I'm talking about? He, he punched a dude, and I think he the guy fell back, hit his head, and died. Oh yeah, I remember. I remember vaguely telling that story. It's not one of my go-to's, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, he punched him. Guy fell back, hit his head, and died. Wow, that's a good memory. Yeah, I forgot about that story. Yes. Yeah. So he wasn't trying to kill him, but he killed him. Yeah. But that's involuntary manslaughter. Here, you're charged with murder one, essentially. So you're looking at life yeah. in prison, which is the same as if I walked up to you and shot you in the face with a gun, I'd be charged with the exact same way. So you're hoping to get involuntary manslaughter. I'm hoping just to get straight assault. Straight That's assault. It. That's yeah. all this was. Yeah. But they can come back and say, okay, involuntary manslaughter, five to 10. Well, involuntary manslaughter, one to 10, but yes, one they to can 10. come back. Yes. Yeah. God, you got a good memory. You must be a lawyer. I'm just guessing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, you know, for everything, it's yeah. one to 10, two to four, five to six. Uh, that's pretty cool. All right. Uh, so if uh, you need Manny's services or any of the attorneys that he has at the Aurora Law Firm, just let me give out the information. The Aurora Law Firm dot com. The Aurora Law Firm dot com. Yes, he is here in Atlanta, Georgia, but practices nationwide. So if you need him, if you're a listener from out of state uh, and you just need him, the Aurora Law Firm dot com. You can always call our hotline. Like I've got a couple of voicemails that I play every time he comes in. 404-369-3825. And questions for Manny, you can leave them for us on our social media or directly to us uh, on our website, podcast, the dot com. All right. Before I get to the voicemails and the questions, and all that stuff. Uh, I want to talk about this music Midtown situation, right? Right. So we were discussing it a couple episodes ago. I personally think it for the guy that's, you know, the catalyst of this whole thing, I think he sounds kind of whiny. And again, I'm a gun owner and I'm very much pro gun, but I'm also very much pro common sense. So the, the music Midtown, even though they haven't come out and said this, we're to believe that they are not having this big festival that they've had every year for decades because of the new relaxed gun rules here in the state of Georgia. And there was one person in particular that didn't even go to music midtown at the forefront of this and said, Hey, look, the law now states that I can carry an open, I can carry my firearm openly. You cannot tell me I cannot have my firearm at Music Midtown. And they were like, well, if that's the case, we're not even going to do it. I'm getting the story straight, right? Yes, but the issue is, is it a private property at that point? Like if you go to the gym, I can tell you, you can't bring in a gun or if you go to my house or something of that nature. So the argument is, even though Music Midtown is leasing the park space from the city, is it private or not? And rather than get into a lawsuit, they just said, forget about it. They're thinking about Las Vegas and some of the other mass shootings that have happened. Mm. So you've got massive amounts of drinking, probably a fair amount of drug use, music going on, and then people carrying guns. It's just begging for trouble. And can, you can just imagine the liability if somebody got hurt. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think so it's, it's I just think preposterous it's that this whole thing is, I mean, it's a private issue. It's just like the same thing happened at the Botanical Gardens some mm. years ago. Might have been the same person or somebody else that I want to carry my gun to the Botanical Gardens. And they ended up winning after years in, in litigation saying they're a private organization, even though they lease space from the city to have the Botanical Gardens. Private companies can tell people not to bring the stuff on. The Botanical Gardens won the lawsuit yeah. or won the, yeah. Yeah. So the argument you just mentioned, like Las Vegas, because my best friend was actually there, bullet whizzed by him um, that night when the shooter you know, not even on property at the, the hotel across the way, 
is shooting into this crowd. So the argument could be made is that the bad guy doesn't care about any of this stuff. They're going to find a way to shoot. That guy wasn't even on property. Uh, so, so, you know, like that, that's null and void to this. The, the, the ones like, let's say Dimebag Daryl years ago, where the fan who thought, you know, in his head was like, it's your fault that Pantera broke up, gets on stage, shoots him point blank because security was lax. And if you say, okay, well, if I could have carried a gun and I was in there, I could have possibly stopped it, which I don't think would be the case. Um, you know, the bad guy's always going to find a way to bring the gun in. The good guy is the, this would be the argument I'm thinking. The good guy's the one screaming, Hey, look, let me open carry to deter the bad guy. A lot of the mass shootings we've had recently are people without criminal records, right? You can argue mental health or whatever. You're a good guy until you're not. I mean, most of the homicide cases that I've dealt with, including the one about pulling the hair, there's no violence there in the past or any of those kinds of things. You just have an obscure issue. I drink too much and I make a bad decision. I'm just saying if I'm music Midtown, am I taking that millions of dollars of liability in a lawsuit if somebody gets hurt? Yeah, no, I'm just not. Just to have this, it, it's not worth it. I mean, it's gotten a little out of hand. I mean, a lack of gun control helps my business, frankly, because then there's more crime and more violence and all that stuff, and I get to defend more people or prosecute more people. But it, it's just stupid, right? If Music Midtown doesn't want it, what possible need after how many decades has that been going on? Has there ever been a shooting or anything that happened there? Yeah. I mean, hire more security if that's the issue. Expect the police and the off-duty security to take care of it. Well, that was the other conversation we were having with this whole thing. It, it, it brings up the question is, do we just not trust the security at these events? Which I think there's a lot of validity in. Because, you know, I've been to a million events, and I still go to numerous events, and I see the security, and... They don't give a damn. I mean, you're hiring a security company. People make a minimum wage. They've got no security background for the most part. They're just, they've got a shirt on and might have some type of muscle tone. But they don't. They just want to get in and get out. Well, I mean, none of us want to get shot or do that if you're doing a job. But then why are we going to Mercedes-Benz? They don't allow us to have our guns there or State Farm Arena or any of those kinds of things. Um, you got to have some, I just think it's a bad idea to have alcohol and guns. Oh, I mixed together. I'm, I'm just being devil's advocate. I could not agree more. I think that is the stupidest thing. Like what the guy that's do, like, if, the, if this guy were a diehard music Midtown fan and he had stories to back his play, like I would give him the benefit of the doubt. But this guy is just one of those coupon cutting cat loving moo wearing in, you know, Karen like individuals that have got nothing better to do other than to bring up uh, an issue, you know, that, that has nothing, that, that has nothing to do with them. Right. You know, not all, uh, but that's the world we live in. Right. Cause you can, you can be powerful on social media. I guess it's just kind of like music midtown myself, but it is what it is now. Yeah. I mean, is it, is it that big of a deal, Nate? Or do you think people care? They're like, Oh my God, music. This year was actually pretty big for music fans because my chemical romance was going to be there. And it's yeah, been two years I think since we had it in two years because hey, the pandemic, right? Yeah, I think the well, 
obviously it's it's aimed at the younger crowd. So I think the the younger crowd is going to be super upset about this because they're I mean, I, I don't think they want to get into this political thing when it comes to music. You know, it's, music is kind of a place where everybody can just get together and enjoy themselves, whether whatever you believe in. And so, you know, the older crowd that's like, oh, the, the lineup sucks every year. Like they don't really care because they're not going probably the same as the guy that's complaining. But the the kids that, that love these bands, they're probably really pissed off. They're like, why are you guys fucking this up for us? Well, music, unfortunately, has become political, and it always has been political, in, in a sense. I know what you're saying from the fan standpoint. You should be able to go out there with a clear mind and just forget the world and its problems. That's what you want, and that's what we think it should be. But there's many musicians that make it very difficult uh, to do that, whether it's you know a Rage Against the Machine or an Eddie Vedder and Pearl Jam on the left or a Roger Waters on the right and a Ted Nugent, uh, you know, on the right kind of, I mean, they're just all over the place. So who knows, but no music midtown. You're right. And that was, you know, this, this is a type of guy that's, you know, right. Not fact, but I'm assuming he's the guy that was probably bitching through the pandemic about the masks and everybody getting back to work. And now everybody's getting back to work in this instance and not anymore because of him. Now there's no jobs, no more money coming in. Yeah, just think of how many people aren't going to work for that weekend and how much money the city's going to lose. Exactly. Of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are people that were dependent on this. We were talking about that uh, on that episode. There's, you know, just putting food on the table, a couple dollars in your pocket. That's sad. All right. In Georgia, can you discharge, here's a firearm question, can you discharge a firearm while intoxicated if it comes to the point that you feel the need to use a gun? I know it is illegal to discharge a firearm while intoxicated over 0.08, but what if I am drunker than that, but I'm threatened enough to use it? This happened last weekend, leaving a bar, and a guy pulled a gun and pushed the barrel into a friend's chest while I was behind him. I was caring, but did not want to go to prison. Ooh, that's interesting. You can always use the gun for self-defense issues. The risk is if you're drunk, you may be misinterpreting the situation. Mm. And if some guy put his gun into the barrel of your friend's chest, generally I would say you'd probably be okay if you shot at that person, but it could have been an unloaded gun. It could have been something else. And if you didn't interpret it correctly, he's right. He could very easily go to jail. In fact, the police would definitely arrest you first until they figured out what happened. Mm. And then you may either get indicted or they may let you go. Nate, what would you do? You, you had a gun on you. We're out. We're walking down the street. Guy comes up, puts a barrel of a gun in my chest. What do you do? Yeah, I mean, I guess if you have your your gun on you um, and you're able to defend yourself, I think I would just deal with it. I mean, what I don't know if the they would come back. Like Manny said, they would arrest you for a minute till they figured it out. But I mean, at least you're still alive. Yeah, but the guy's got the barrel of the gun in the chest. I mean, what, I mean, like you shoot, he yeah. shoots. You know, right? But he's yeah. not doing it at you. You have a right to defend others. But what if you shoot and miss and you hit some innocent person coming by? But the problem here is everybody's drunk, and we have guns. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> probably not the smartest thing. All right, Nate, let's make sure we don't get in that situation because we, yeah, we, we, we don't know what we're going to do. What happened to a good old fist fight, man? <laughs> That's what I'm screaming. You know, winner wins, loser loses. Yeah. Right? That's what you do. Uh, here's a voicemail. Hey, Manny, it's Frankie. I live uh, out, out in the woods a little bit and a long long driveway and all that stuff. It, it's wooded. And I one day I was peeing off the porch. I do that sometimes. Big on neighbors saw me out there. She was out there, and now she's accusing me of indecent exposure, 
and I'm calling her on out on peeping. I'm just uh, uh, curious on, on who's going to be right on this one. Thanks. <laughs> what do you got on that? Well, peeping Tom isn't just looking into a public or open space out there. So even if it's woods, if I can see it from my property, then I guess it's really not peeping Tom. It's not like they're looking in your windows. And peeing on the porch, if the person is that offended by it, I don't know what they could see at the distance if he lives out in the woods. So I think he'll be totally fine. Just pee in the woods whenever you want. I'm always worried about that. We got to got that window by the stairs and the way that our house is laid out. And sometimes after tennis, I'll, I'll, I'll take off all my clothes downstairs in the laundry room and then I'll run up the stairs like a kid's walking by and sees something. Mommy, mommy. And then I got cops knocking on my door. No, you're at your own house. Unless you're actually looking at the window, staring at the kids and touching yourself, you'll be fine. <laughs> this guy's on his own property. It sounds like it's pretty desolate and it's got some space. I, I think he'll be fine one time. You can't be naked in your house with the windows open. Well, it depends if you're running through the hallway or if you're standing in the window rubbing your genitals against it while people are walking by. Oh, th- a, there is a difference. There's a slight difference. Oh, okay. I just thought you couldn't be naked with the windows open, period. No, you can be naked. No. It's just There's an intent issue. If I'm just running through the house to grab a towel or something, it happens. Uh, Brad Pitt years ago got in trouble for that, like years and years ago. And he and Jennifer Aniston, I think, would always be naked in their house and their neighbors complained. I can't imagine their neighbors were close enough to see in the house. Yeah, really, right? Uh, And you would complain about either one of them being naked. Like, even as a guy, I wouldn't complain about seeing Brad Pitt naked. He's so beautiful. He he is in good shape. He's such a beautiful man. Jennifer Aniston, of course. That's probably the same person that's filing the lawsuit with a gun. (laughs) Yeah. There's too much beautiful nudity. I used to live in L.A., (laughs) now I live in Georgia. I got to find something to do. Brad Pitt was one. Music Midtown's two. Uh, I am an artist whose work was physically stolen from a venue. The value is $7,000, and the venue wants to settle in court. They were displaying the work for purchase and did not protect it. Cameras were not working, and they did not notify me of its official disappearance until well after. They do not want to fully compensate for the work, so I need assistance with going to court. Please help. That's another good one. Right, so you just file a lawsuit in small claims court against them for the value of your painting. And they should have insurance, so I'm surprised that they're not doing it, but the lack of security and all that, you should win just fine. But in whatever county you live in, um, magistrate court, a.k.a. small claims court, you can file for up to $15,000. That's what they need to do. That's what they need to do, and they should win. Yeah, $7,000. It must be a pretty good artist. The question is, you know, who values the painting and what the true value is kind of thing. That's the problem with artwork. It's hard to the value in unless you've got other sales that are similar. Yeah. Uh, I got a new PO parole officer. Yes. Yeah. And probation officer, probably. probation officer and simply forgot about our meeting yesterday. What are the potential consequences? <laughs> well, the first consequence is they can do a, a failure to show up for your meeting and violate you for up to two years based on that. But I would call them immediately and just say, Hey, I missed out. or forgot. I got stuck at work, whatever the excuse is and just be very, sorry and sympathetic and they should give you a break if it's just your first time do you know any po's i do know some po's that'd be somebody cool to talk to right Nate? parole officer they probably got stories till well it parole officer or probation probation officer is just gonna tell you about peeing in a cup probably i would assume (laughs) they they still have a lot of power i mean they're gonna you know they could revoke your probation for not showing up or your parole either way they're just supposed to monitor what's going on. Um, They're the know, same the, person, right? Parole and probation officer, same thing. The two offices merged in the state, but 
they may have different divisions. It's like different sections. Uh -huh. um, but essentially, it's the same thing. They're just monitoring you to make sure that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, but they, in the stories, they'd go into, you know, like five different convicts, ex-cons houses a day, right? They go and they visit and they, they look right. around and they, they little tricks of the trade and trying to find drugs and alcohol and all that stuff. That's their job. Yeah. You know, probably, it would be a great story talking to a PO and they were gambling and sitting next to one of their uh, ex-con peoples that were drinking, smoking, and gambling right next to them. And they had no idea. That'd be great. That would be great. Yeah, be, It'd be a violation if they were figuring it saying. out, but it'd be fun. That'd be a violation. That'd be great. Uh, I was in possession of three and a half ounces of meth, four ounces of weed, and two firearms during a search and seizure over a month ago, yet was not arrested at the time of the drug bust. They had an informant make buys for me. They also took $3,500 in cash and the coins I've been collecting for 15 years. Most of that money was earned from my legitimate business not selling drugs. Most. Tell me they would give me five, told me they'd give me five days to make a decision to narc. If not, they would be back with an arrest warrant. They are still camped outside. Phones and homes are bugged and recording everything and everyone that comes to my business driving by every 30 minutes. What are they waiting for? And what are the charges I'm looking at? I've never been arrested for drugs before where are you people why don't we have you on the show i'd love to talk to this individual well the meth thing would be meth trafficking because it's multiple ounces so it's pretty serious stuff yeah and a lot of times if they feel that you have information that could go up the chain they'll give you a second to decide if not on the spot in mm -hmm. this case they gave them five days yeah if they don't they'll just get the arrest warrant and come get you they've done asset seizures of all his money it sounds like our coins mm. and they're supposed to file notice within 30 to 60 days based on the value that they're taking it and if you want to challenge it because i earned it legally then you have to file certain papers to get your stuff back mm. um, but inevitably he's looking at a lot of time based on the meth trafficking and some of the other charges yeah, that, you know you see that sometimes where people are just waiting to get arrested or to turn themselves in and what you do what you do the days or weeks leading up to that one, how stressful that must be. The anxiety must be at an all-time high. But what do you put, you know, your 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 will, you give your passcodes to your banking, I guess, to a loved well, one? you're lucky you're getting that. Usually you get arrested on the spot. And then sometimes like this, there may be a bigger federal investigation going on if there's more of a conspiracy with other dealers that the informant's been dealing with. So it could end up being a federal charge versus just a state charge. Have you had some money that, that's had, you know, grace period before they go to jail and what do they do before they went to jail? Well, usually when they call us, you know, we try to negotiate something out, but snitching is a very dangerous business as far as that goes. And I don't think the police really respect that that much, but yeah, people have cooperated in the past, but a lot of times we just do a self turn in at that point, just saying, look, we're not going to cooperate. Let's get the party started. Right. And so they'll have like a couple of days to get everything in order. It's very rare, but yes. Okay. But in that time, what do they do? Um, we tell them, you know, get your affairs in order. It's not like you're going to die or any of that kind of stuff, but you want to get your powers of attorney and all those things done so people can handle your day-to-day -day business. Right, exactly. Yeah, the, your day-to-day -day business, your bills, your cell phone bill, your cable bill, the mortgage, so your your car payments, whatever the case may be. So then you got to give all your passwords. you got to trust that with somebody. Right. Oof. You ever do that for somebody? Like, I got nobody. Will you pay my bills for me? No, we don't do that because there's a conflict of interest at that point. It's a great business, though. You charge an extra, like, 5 or 10% on every bill. 
Imagine I can barely pay my own bills. I don't need to. Oh, that's a, what a great name. It's called a personal assistant. But is that not a great job? Like, hey, if you're getting ready to go to jail for an extended period of time, call blah, blah, blah. We'll pay your bills. All you got to do is give us the passcode to all of your information, your banking information, and your bills will be paid on time. And then like give them uh, an X amount of dollars in case of overdraft issues and stuff like that. So when they get out, they not only all their, they owe you money, but crazy amount of interest when they get out. That's great. That's brilliant. I must say so. No? Nothing. Or you could just use your ID and start creating fake accounts and make even more money. <laughs> yeah, or you could do that. Uh, all right, here's another voicemail. Hey, Manny. My adult daughter moved back home with four dogs and a boyfriend. One of the dogs, an intact Rottweiler, belongs to the boyfriend. He got loose, the dog, not the boyfriend, and ran to the neighbor's house. Knocked up the prize-winning poodle, and they are really mad. Um, they're threatening to sue me. Am I liable? And what should I do? I thought you were going to say it was like a pit bull attack, but no, the the dog went and knocked up the the prize-winning poodle. What, what, what's <laughs> what's that all about? Um, generally, if a dog bites somebody, if you don't know about their um, disposition, the first bite is generally free. This is more of a sex issue that he got out. Sounds like an accident. But there's a lawyer that does exceptional work in dog-type cases. His name is David Zagoria. Call him, and he can handle any animal rights thing. That's like he's been his pet thing for the last, no pun intended, for the last 15 years or so. And he does all the dog and animal cases, and he is fantastic at it. David Zagoria is who you call, because I don't know what the rule is if two dogs have sex. It's not like it's rape or something amongst people. I mean, it's... (laughs) Dogs. What what a what a great market to corner the the pet legal market because I mean, it's huge. Yeah, it's it's well. Rach is um, a couple years ago. Her parents were in a situation. They were walking their dog. They had a sharpe, and uh, the neighbor's pit bull mix out of nowhere attacked the dog. And 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 the Rach's father was walking the dog, and he's he's a pretty big guy. Or, I mean, he's he's built. You know, he can protect himself. So he's trying to get this dog off. Uh, eventually, punching the dog in the face numerous times, but the dog, the damage had already been done. The trauma to the dog had already been done because this was a very docile, loving, cuddling type of dog. Took it to the vet, thousands of dollars of surgery, which I think we paid for. And the dog comes out not the same. It's very traumatized by this whole deal. The, the problem is, is dogs are a property. They're not looked at as people. Right. So it's just there's a damage to property. I don't think they ever got a dime out of these people. Next, uh, like a couple months later, the dog was in the yard. The gate was open or something. Um, there was a loud noise. It spooked the dog because of the trauma. The dog runs right in the middle of the road and gets hit by a car. Ouch. Because of the attack, it was traumatized. Well, like I said, the first bite is generally f- uh, free unless it's known to be sort of an aggressive breed of dog, which a pit bull would be. So the homeowner's insurance should cover it. And while it's property, the law is sort of changing and they're recognizing that people really treat animals like their own children and things of that nature. And so the value is coming way up. Oh, is it really? But you have to get a guy that specializes in these dog type cases. It's not just some billboard person that you can hire that does a little bit of everything poorly. Yeah. We need to get, what's his name? Zagoria? David Zagoria with a Z. David Zagoria. That's interesting. He's a very interesting character. If you ever get him on here, he's got the best 
animal stories and the crazy stuff that happens with those animals. I'm getting them on. I'm getting David Sequoia on when I hear the animal stories. I think they're great. There was a story uh, just the other week of this elderly woman who her son had moved home. I guess very similar to this story, but her son had moved home and with his wife and their pit bull and it was the like the family dog. Everybody knew the dog. The dog had been around for a while, and, and the dog never had any issues. The dog was fine. And it was just the, this woman, like 70-some-year-old woman and this dog, and the dog mauled her, just attacked her out of nowhere, mauled that's At least that's what the story says, mauled her. Like, I, you know, I'm not a huge pit bull fan, and I've been around pit bulls, and they've been great. You know, I've never had personally an issue with a pit bull, um, but... I would still like they're not predators. There has to be something that that a pit bull doesn't like that a human does, uh, especially defending their their master or their owner. Um, it's got to be provoked, right? It's just, it just doesn't happen out of nowhere. I mean, who knows? I mean, they're animals, and you never know what sets anything off, right? It's just like people have mental health issues. Maybe a dog has certain issues or triggers, and those dogs just happen to be very ferocious and have quite the bite. Yeah, what if we find out, like, it's the simplest of things, like, man, we just found out chewing bubblegum around a pit bull uh, provokes them to bite your throat and tear your jugular out. <laughs> Is there a way to get a police report for a body found in 1985? My dad's murder was never solved. Oh, uh, yes, there is, because a lot of that's public record. Mm -hmm. So you just have to do an open record request. You go to the county police office, wherever the murder supposedly took place. Mm-hmm. And um, you can get it, and it'll give you a fair amount of information just from an open records. That's great. Uh, I'm 17, a citizen of the United States. I have a pending charge for possession of paraphernalia. Can I re-enter the U.S.? I received a misdemeanor charge for possession of drug paraphernalia. My family is planning a trip to Mexico. Will I be able to enter Mexico and re-enter the U.S.? I'm 17 years old and also a citizen of the United States, and I know Nate Hansen. No. <laughs> yes, yes, and yes. I mean, if you're a citizen, you can come back to the country no matter what you've done. They have to let you back in. Uh -huh. uh, places like Canada with certain crimes won't let you in their country, but the U.S. has to take you back because you're a citizen. Well, what, what crimes won't can, can Canada let you in? There's several, like, gun-related crimes, DUIs and things like that that I've heard of over the years that, you know, when they do the search of your background, uh -huh. when you go through the border, if, if you get picked to do it, they may not let you in the country. Really? Yeah, uh -huh. Canada's very strict about a lot of things, unlike us, Yeah, especially when it comes to guns. But, um, yeah, the U.S. will let you back in. Good for them, though, right? I mean, that's their country. They can do what they want. Damn right, yeah. I mean, we should be more strict, right? Well, then you're going to create this whole issue, and the guy that filed a lawsuit might be suing us, so let's not do that. Oh, okay. <laughs> do I have to disclose an expunged record during a name change? I am doing a name change in Georgia, and it is asking if I've ever been charged with a misdemeanor uh, or felony. I was, but it was expunged. I'm not sure if I still need to disclose that to them since it also happened over 10 years ago as a minor. That's a great question. Fantastic question. Well, if it's a minor and in juvenile court, that's already sealed. Um, the other thing is if it was as an adult, that's when you get the expungement, which is different than being a minor because they just sealed the record for juveniles. Mm -hmm. um, unless the question asks, have you ever been a first offender? If you ever had an expungement, then you can say no to all that stuff because that's the point of it. But most applications these days will say, have you ever been treated as a first offender? Have you ever had a record expunged? Things of that nature. So you have to be very careful on the questions. Mm -hmm. But... 
if you're not sure, always default to telling the truth and the whole truth and everything, mm -hmm. and it'll work out for you. They'll still let you change your name. Can you for free find if you have anything on your record? I don't know how, what you can find online because there's mugshots.com and things like that. Uh -huh. But anybody can go to their local police department where they live. Uh -huh. And for about 20 bucks, you can have a criminal history run on yourself and it'll show any felonies out of state, in state. There's certain numbers that tell you what you've got. And um, it's really easy to do. It shouldn't take more than a couple hours for them to do it and give you the results. Can you have it run on someone else? You have to have a legal reason to run it on someone else. So if I'm an employer, I get them to sign a waiver saying... I authorize you to run it, or uh, you tell that person, go to the Sandy Springs Police Department, have one run, and bring it back to me, a certified copy. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, there's a privacy issue. You just can't run it on anybody. Uh, I, yeah. You know, you, you always kind of wonder if there's something on your record that shouldn't be there. You just don't right, know. Just spend it. the 20 bucks. and hmm. yeah, They used to do it while you waited, but with COVID, I think sometimes it make you wait. How's, uh, how's our girl, Anna Delvey? Um, I don't know how her immigration thing is going to to pan out, oh. because... Um, it's gotten really hairy as far as that goes, but, uh, what do you mean hairy? I thought it was like, uh, she was moving to Georgia and everything was good. I, I would have really hoped for that. But the problem is the, uh, judge that did the immigration denied bond. And so there's an appeal issue going on right now. But the bigger thing was the lawyer that she initially hired, who's just a nut. Um, we had to take her to court about a week and a half ago, and now she finally turned over the file. But if you go to Daily Beast or something like that, you'll hear about the story. My co-counsel, Duncan Levin, was there for it, where she's cursing him out, and the judge told her to get the hell out of the courtroom. And Anna Delvey was cursing Duncan out? No, no, the judge oh. was cursing out the previous lawyer. Oh. Well, my colleague, Duncan, was there to try to get the file and do what's called a show cause order. Uh. And the attorney just went... Ape shit, if I can say that. Yeah, and, um, sure. The, the judge the, had to the, kick her out of the courtroom and everything. Why did she go ape shit? Because she's just crazy. Um, the previous lawyer had done nothing, took a hundred thousand plus dollars of her money supposedly, and um, then when we wanted some of the things back, it just it got crazy. This was the original immigration lawyer, or is this the one from the show? Immigration slash appeal lawyer. No, no, this is post 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 trial. Okay, post Netflix show. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. You should uh, just a little Google a few things on that, and it's, it's just very entertaining and just shocking that this person's a lawyer. Crazy Anna Delvey uh, lawyer. Yeah, okay. let's try that. It should probably come up, Nate. You want to give that a shot? Crazy Anna Delvey lawyer and see what comes up? Yeah, name Got it. Audrey Thomas will come up and it gets really <laughs> spoiler alert. I was hoping that we'd find out on our own. <laughs> came up with Mad Dog Manny. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy for the good reason. That's uh, yeah. So 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 the the judge is like so you're back to square one. Pretty much, but there's another hearing coming up as far as that goes, and we'll, we'll see. But uh, yeah, the immigration is looking tough. Is, is she getting mad at you? Is she getting feisty? She's like, "This has been going on long enough," or however she talks. I mean, she's not happy because she's been sitting in jail for over a year trying to fight this thing through. And, you know, for a visa overstay, you're sitting in jail when that it just seems silly. Mm. Does she still like... And it's not like she's going to go into hiding or something. I mean, the woman loves publicity and social media. It's not like they don't know where she is at all times or they couldn't put an ankle monitor on her, but, you know, whatever. Judge just let me out of jail so I can go and do my artwork. Well, that and sounds more like a Donald Trump's wife, but uh, <laughs> you have to have it a higher pitch sort of Germany. Yeah, sounding. I... I'm still working on it. Did it come up, Nate? Crazy Anna Delvey lawyer? Audrey? Yeah, I can't even find a story about it. Audrey Thomas? Did you put in Audrey Thomas? It was everywhere about a week or so ago. Oh, I missed that. All right. 
Uh, but the, I didn't know what the Daily Beast was, so but apparently it's a it's a big deal. Yeah, Daily Beast. It's a UK publication. Okay. Yeah. Right. Sounds good. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Aurora Law Firm dot com. That is the website. If you need many services, you can reach out to them there. Uh, I know a few of you have, and a few of you will. Specializing in criminal law. Yes, located here in Atlanta. Georgia, but practices nationwide. Is there anything? And by the way, if you have a voicemail message, again, that number for our voicemail hotline, 404-369-3825. You can leave him a message next time he pops in, uh, or you can go to podcastthebs.com and leave it there. Uh, You got anything before uh, we we wrap this up? I just want to say shout out to Jerry. That might have been one of the more interesting issues about peeing off your porch. Yeah, and having an issue. We should do like a top ten best questions or most entertaining questions. But both of those voicemail questions, I didn't expect when they started. I thought there was going to be something totally different, especially the dog one. I didn't think yeah. the dog was going to go next door and knock up the other dog. Uh, oh, by the way, let me bring this up. Uh, you were out at the Atlanta Open tennis uh, tournament. Did you have a good time? I had a great time. I may be almost as big a tennis fan as you are, except I don't get paid for it. Right. Well, you are you you're the you are the reason why I got back into playing tennis. You know that, right? I didn't know that for sure, but yeah. Yeah, that's what when I first moved to Atlanta, I mean I played when I was a kid and I was really good as a kid. You know, I won tournaments as a kid. And then when I got into high school, I quit. Because I was playing football, I got bigger. I didn't have the body type for it. It was also kind of the stigmas. You know, football players are not going to be playing tennis. So I, Plus there's more girls. I, I didn't play, you know, for decades. And then it was when I moved here nine years ago, Manny was one of the first people that I had met through the radio station, the sports station at the time. And I remember Randy Cross, who I worked with, said, uh, he's like, yeah, Atlanta's a big tennis town. Said, yeah, because we had just had Eddie Gonzalez, the tournament director for for the Atlanta Open, and I was like, you know, I've been kicking around this idea for years to get back into playing tennis. I was really good at one time, and then you started to come on the show when we were doing what we do now uh, on the radio, and uh, and you invited me and my wife out to dinner in Roswell, which made us move. You made us move to Roswell too. Okay. And then you uh, invited us uh, out to play tennis at, at Huncliffe, where you play out of. Right. So you're like you're a huge inf- you're you're my inspiration. <laughs> Nate, you want to move back from Mexico? Apparently, I got people moving to Roswell and playing tennis. And- <laughs> I'm, I'll be there. <laughs> I, I credit with Manny. I credit Manny Aurora for the last nine years of my my life's happiness. <laughs> All right. Uh, again, the AuroraLawFirm.com. Uh, thanks so much for listening and paying attention. Get Manny if you need him. And, buddy, we'll talk to you next time you're in, all right? All right. Thanks, guys. Merry Christmas, motherfucker. Hey, it's Nate from the BS, and we just wanted to thank you for being a subscriber. And if you aren't a subscriber yet, it makes a great Christmas gift. Hold up. Wait a minute. Let's hear from our sponsors. Look, doing a new kitchen or bath, that's a big undertaking, right? So you want to go to somebody that's like a one-stop shop, like UCI Kitchen and Bath. They've been Atlanta's number one cabinet, granite, and quartz fabricator and installer for the past 20 years. That's what I'm talking about, a one-stop shop. Uh, They provide the installation of whatever you buy. Speaking of, you mentioned the BS, the Bailey Show podcast, and you're getting 10% off your regularly priced countertops. 
that's a nice little savings, right? You can visit the Norcross Georgia showroom location, let their design team transform your kitchen and bathroom into a beautiful and functional environment to fit your personality. It's just upping your property value. You can get with all the latest trends because they got them right there on the showroom. Servicing all of Georgia and parts of Alabama, Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Florida. How do you get a hold of them? Very simple. UCIGranite.com. The letters U-C-I, the word granite.com. Look, I know what it's like to start up a small business and run a small business. That's what this is. What can you do to take the next step? Create Graphics can help you out with that. They're a full-service graphics company that specializes in graphic design, and they've got some really good ones in-house. Wide format printing and graphic installation. Specializing, again, in vehicle wraps, corporate events, interior and exterior events, graphic design, and apparel. A lot of the stuff of the BS Podcast, if not all the stuff, comes from Create Graphics. CreateGraphics.net. That's C-R-E-A-T-E. G-R-A-P-H-I-X dot net or 770-369-9962. That's 770-369-9962. Serving Metro Atlanta and shipping worldwide. Create graphics. They definitely know what they're doing. Excellent customer service and communication in every project will get a one-on-one experience from start to finish. Again, create graphics with an X dot net. Son of a bitch. I'll be loving you forever, just as long as you subscribe to The Bailey Show. Nobody is going to save you now. If you like what you hear then get a full 7 days a week plus of new content by subscribing. Podcastabs.com. It's better than radio. And back to you Jason. You've butt dialed somebody before right Nate? Uh... Yeah, probably not for like 10 years. Okay. Or more. Have you ever butt emailed someone? Not that I can think of, but I've like, if I had my email open and I had like a draft or something, maybe I my, I guess I could have like not sent it, but at least maybe typed in some gibberish or something. But no, I have not. I've never even heard of that. Butt emailing. Brandon butt emailed me. <laughs> what did it say? Don't know the whole story. He's not here today, so I was going to ask him. Uh, it was, I'll pull it up. It was uh, odd. Oh, here it is. It was a, uh, okay, so it's, it says New Hope Baptist Church, and it's from Google Maps. He's, he's, let, he's letting me or someone know where New Hope Baptist Church is in Fayetteville, Georgia. Okay. So okay. that's what he sent me, and it was like at 10 a.m. in the morning. All right. <laughs> I reply back with two question marks, and then he replies back with, I've never but emailed someone. Whoops. Laughy face, laughy face. And I wanted to hear the story. I don't know where he's at today. Uh, I don't know how you butt email someone. I guess from your it has to be from your phone, but still, you know that send button. It's not easy to hit with your ass, and he's got a. It's like I would think the smaller the ass, the better, but he's got a big ass. So I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. Um, was it? Did it look like gibberish, or did did he like have anything typed out? Like, was there any auto text? No, it was. Like body. It was 
like if you were to share directions off Google Maps. Uh, okay. So it's got the graphic in the email. Oh, okay. Well, maybe he had Google Maps up and it he hit like the share button with his ass. But yeah, either what's way, that with his ass? Either way, it was yeah. it was it was ass sent. He probably has a pimply ass. Maybe those little bumps are oh. little fingers. Oh. Bing, 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 bing. Send. Ascent. That's what it's called. Ascent. <laughs> not not buddy mailed. It's ascent. <laughs> yeah. That's the new term. I want to see that on our social media today. Hashtag ascent. A S S E N T. Ascent. A S S E N T. Or A S S S. No, no, no three S's. A S S E N T. Yeah, there we go. Ascent. I want to see the hashtag uh, ascent going everywhere. Today. That's a real word, too. It means the expression of approval or agreement. Oh, maybe we do have to put in another S, which kills me. Okay, we can throw in three S's. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll just, maybe just hyphenate it. <laughs> uh, Pam and Tommy on Hulu. Have you seen it, Nate? I have not. I don't have who. Wait, is it? Yeah, I don't have Hulu. Oh. That's the one where you have to subscribe, right? You have to pay for it. I think so. We have. And then there's like a more expensive one with no commercials. No, I've seen the trailer of it, but I, yeah, I haven't. I don't have Hulu. Well, whatever Hulu we have, we have no commercials. And Ooh, you have a good one. I, I log in under my daughter's name. So I don't know who pays for it, but I think it's a family account, like our <laughs> whole family, extended and all. Anyway, uh, somebody had told me to watch it. And I forgot that it even existed. I remember hearing about it, but I had no interest in watching it because I lived it. I thought I did. You know, early 2000s, uh, Pamela Anderson, big deal, coming from Baywatch, Tommy Lee, uh, at the time, uh, Motley Crue and the music, not really doing much. Um, when they, Well, no, actually, I'm sorry, this is the 90s. I'm sorry, this is in the 90s that this is taking place. So Motley Crue, you know, Generation Swine album, not the greatest. Uh, wasn't horrible if you're a Motley Crue fan. But the grunge stuff is coming into play, late 80s, early 90s, blah, blah, blah. Then you hear about, you know, the Internet's kind of a thing, right? Dial-up, 24K modem. They were just coming out with, what was the next one, 56K, mm-hmm. right? And you'd have to usually install it yourself. You have to buy it and dial it up, but you couldn't be on the phone, which is that was a continuity problem in this, uh, I think, seven-episode series where they were on the phone also using the computer, even though they, they, they I don't think they had their... Nobody knew what the Internet was. That's which was great, which is great about this docuseries. So the uh, woman that plays Pamela Anderson knocks it out of the park. Mannerisms and everything. I think her name is Lily James. The guy that plays Tommy Lee, I think, does a bang-up job. I don't know, remember his name. Seth Rogen plays Rand, the guy responsible for stealing the tape, okay? Nick Offerman, who is a fantastic actor, is in it as well, playing Milt, his business partner, and also porn director. I didn't know three-quarters of this story. What do, you, what do you remember about the Pam and Tommy Lee sex tape? What do you remember about it? Well, it came out in 96, so I was 13, so I did see it on the internet, um, but I didn't really, you know, like I said, I was 13, so I didn't really know the backstory of it. I was just seeing Pamela Anderson's boobies and vagina and stuff, so I thought that was cool. 
Um, but, uh, and even when I got older, I didn't really learn a lot. All I know is it was stolen. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a honey, honeymoon tape. Did you, did you pay to watch it or did you watch it for free? Uh, I watched it for free. It was on the internet. At, you know, uh, at the early days you could get anything. Well, well, uh, there's a story behind that. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the story. I mean, the story's out in the open. It's public. So I'm not, it's, I'm not giving you a spoiler. You can't give a spoiler on a story that you can research on Google that's been around for 30 years. All right. So right. don't pull that shit on. I can't believe you're, and the, the damn Pam and Tommy thing's been out for a while. Yeah. 25 years. Yeah. Uh, well, no, I'm talking about the docuseries on Hulu. Oh, oh that, yeah. It's coming, well, it's the been, whole story has been out for a while, too. So, you don't know. You should know. So, so here, here, here it is. Um, and there's so many interesting observations. This thing is deeper than just the sex tape. And when it's all said and done, I guarantee you will have a newfound respect and sympathy, apathy for Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lake. Uh, because right now, if you don't know the story, you're just thinking, oh, dumbass has made a sex tape and it got out. You know, I got to see Tommy Lee with his huge penis honk the horn on a boat. That's kind of neat. All right. <laughs> well, there's way more to this story. So Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson, um, they, they tell the story of how they met. They get together. And it's actually a, like those two were in love. Like this videotape ruined that relationship. Those two were madly in love. You know, we saw the showbiz side of things, but according to this docuseries, I mean, Tommy Lee, she was his world as he was her world. She, her, her career was just starting to blossom, right? She knew what she was. You know, she was a small town Canadian girl that got founded by a, a, a modeling agency at some sporting event when they put her on the Jumbotron. She then started to get into modeling, and that led to her getting on Baywatch and then in, in Playboy, right? Playboy, Playboy is her big claim to fame. She right. was never a true actress. I mean, she was what she was. I mean, she's a beautiful, blonde-haired woman, but she, she knew that her looks are going to get her to where she wants to get to. But in her heart, she really wanted to be a true actress, uh, she, she hated that her beauty was, you know, her calling card. She wanted to be an actress, which, you know, like that's awesome. Right. So Tommy Lee, you know, as her career is, is booming, Tommy Lee's career is going down, not by any fault of his own. It was just the change in music. So, uh, so they, they, they show that in this docuseries. He's having a lot of work done on this house. They they they're, they moved into this house. They're doing all these renovations. They've got workers there left and right. The guy that is played by Seth Rogen, Rand, the guy that steals the tape, he's a carpenter, and he's doing this handmade, high-end quality stuff for their bedroom. And Tommy Lee comes in there one day. I mean, how crazy is this? Part of pop culture, ruining relationships, ruining images, is all because of this one instance where Tommy Lee walks into the bedroom, not intoxicated, just walks in and he wants to change where the bed is. And this guy's hand making this bed. He wants to change where the bed is. And he goes, okay, well, it's going to be expensive. And Tommy Lee's like, money is no object. M I N O money is no object. 
Do we? And then he's a dick about it. Do we have a problem? Fucking do it. Fucking do it. And so he's a real asshole to these guys, these workers, these contractors. So he starts to do it. And Tommy, uh, Tommy Lee comes back in and changes his mind again. He's almost just being kind of a controlling asshole is really what he's doing. Right. And then he decides to fire them. He says, get off my fucking property. Uh, because they wanted some money up front. He was supposed to pay money up front. Now, this is the conundrum you get into when you deal with rich people. They have the money, supposedly, right? They don't, they're, they're like, are you questioning that I'm going to pay you? That's their ego talking. They're not taking into consideration that these blue-collar, hardworking men and women that are doing these projects, they don't have capital to buy the, the, the things that are needed, they're living paycheck to paycheck and they're putting everything on a credit card. So it would be nice to have money up front. You know, that's always the argument when you have renovations is giving money up front and they dip out and they fuck you over or you're giving them money up front because they don't have the money to front for what you want. And that was the case here. So Tommy Lee fires them and they said, well, you still, uh, still owe us quite a bit of money. And he's like, I'm not going to pay you because you didn't do the job right. So he wasn't going to pay them for the services already rendered. Uh, so it's, it's the, the foreman or the, the head contractor guy and then uh, the Rand character. And they go out to lunch and, and he, Seth Rogen's character, Rand just he goes, I'm going to, I'm going to get this guy back. He's been bullied his whole life. He's that. And again, it's one of those guys like these fucking school shooter kids, right? They've been bullied their whole whole life, whether it's by a coach, it's by a, a parent, a family member, a friend, uh, somebody just been passing and it just continues. The cycle continues and continues and continues and it weighs on them until something happens where they snap. And that's what happened. He snapped and he devises this plan to go steal what he finds is Tommy Lee's safe in the garage. Because one day he approached him, or he was approaching him about these, these different renovations, and he was in the garage uh, playing his drums, and then he was with his boys, uh, because at one time Tommy Lee had this other band, I forget what it was called, and it was like DJ EDM rock kind of thing, and they were he was showing off his, his firearms, his guns, he had like an AK-47 and an AR and all these different guns. And he kept them in this safe in the garage. So he walked in and he saw it. And Tommy Lee pointed the gun at him and scared him. And he was like, I'm just kidding with you. And, and Seth Rogen was like, what the fuck? I'm going to fucking, I'm going to get this guy. So anyway, he gets fired and he devises this plan to break into Tommy Lee's house, his garage, and steal the safe. So at that time, uh, and he installed the security cameras, so he knew you know where the angles were. At that time, the security cameras footage was extremely grainy, and they had this big like sheepdog, right? So he goes to Pure One Imports and buys this white, you know, the fuzzy rug. You know why he went to Pure One? I don't know. Instead of Target or or uh, Big Lots, yeah. because Pure One's going to be really fucking expensive for a guy that has no money. And he buys it. And his the idea was to pretend like he's the dog in the yard and crawl on all fours, get up to the first camera and spray paint or unplug it, unplug it. And then he's going to be scot-free. He just had to get past that one camera. <laughs> and guess what? 
it worked. <laughs> he did. He pretends he's a sheepdog and he unplugs the camera. Then he goes and sneaks into the garage. He's got access to get in, right? Because he was working there. So he, right. can, he can get into the garage. So he gets into the garage and he sees the safe. He This is how dumb of a guy this, this dude Rand is in real life. What are you going to do with the safe? Like, you don't know how to, you can't crack it. You don't want to open it. What are you going to yeah. do? And they're usually heavy. Extremely. This isn't a small safe. This is a giant standing safe. He puts it on a dolly and steals the whole safe. And he puts it in the back of his van. <laughs> now, he's been scouting this house for months. Like, and he's writing all these logs down and he tells his buddy what he's going to do. And his buddy bails on him the last minute. So now he's got this safe and he goes up to the woods. This is all in California. He goes up to the woods, the mountains, and he, with his power tools, he opens the safe and he's like, I'm going to get my money's, my money worth of whatever's in the safe. He doesn't know everything that's in the safe. So he's got the guns he can sell at a pawn shop. He's got jewelry he can sell. There was cash in there. He's making out like a bandit. And so he's so excited, you know, he's pawning all this stuff. He's got money. He's eating good. He's like, I won. And one day he's sitting on the couch and the last thing that was left in the safe was just under the coffee table was this, um, this, uh, uh, high, high, was it high eight? Was that what the tapes are? The tapes were the high eights. I think that's what they were called. Uh, uh the, was that hi-fi? Yeah, but it was, it was a high eight or something like that. Okay. And it was because it was from the, the actual camcorder. But remember, the camcorders, you know, you had the eight millimeters. So maybe it was an eight millimeter. I don't know. But it, it was not a normal VHS tape. And that's what was, you know, VHS was the thing, right? DVDs didn't come out until uh, 2000 when they started to become popular. There was two different. There was the, there was the Blu-ray which exists still today. And then there was another type of DVD that was the competition that ended up going away. Uh, and now the yeah. DVDs are not existing. Yeah. D DVDs, um, 97, 97. Um, and then the high eight. Yeah. That those were the, um, eight millimeter, like the, the small tapes. Okay. So that's what the, that's what the porn footage was on. So he brings the cops over. Tommy Lee brings the cops over and says, you know, like what was in the safe. So he tells me everything is safe. And then Pamela Anderson's like, Tommy, the tape. It's like, what tape? It's like, did I put that in there? Oh, I put that in there. Oh, it's not that big of a deal. Now, one thing you will learn when watching Pam and Tommy on Hulu is that Tommy Lee is without a doubt, by far, the most optimistic, most positive person you will ever hear from. This guy throughout this whole process was so optimistic. It was ridiculous. Ah, it's not going to go anywhere. Ah, it's going to be fine. Ah, we're going to sue him. Ah, we're going to win. Ah, he's going to go down. <laughs> Everything was like, don't worry about it. It was like the, I have like become the biggest Tommy Lee fan over this because I felt bad for him. I really, really did. Even though he was an asshole, um, Pamela Anderson was, didn't do anything. And she's the one that suffered the most from this. And that's talked about throughout this docuseries as, and she even says it, she's like, you know, your buddies are going to high five you. You walk down the street, your fans are going to say, great job. Everybody's looking at me like I'm a slut, like I'm a whore, you know, and that's just the double standard that we have. And, and she was absolutely correct. Um, it, it killed her, you know, it killed her career, I think, to be honest with you. 
It's not like one of those sex tapes, like in Paris Hilton's case, that made their career because it wasn't in that window of social media. I think it killed her career because of so much hearsay. Again, I'm talking about it for the first time in a long time with actual facts on what happened behind the scenes. Like, I just thought the sex tape, I, I even forgot it got stolen, to be honest with you. You know, so, uh, and this is, again, the early days of the internet. So Seth Rogen's character and uh, Nick Offerman's character, because Seth Rogen's character was dabbled in porn at one time before he became a carpenter. So he knows people in the porn industry. Nick Offerman is in the porn industry. They're trying to shop it around. They go to Vivid Entertainment. They go to all these different places and they all turn them down. They say, no. Why do you think they turn them down, Nate? Because uh, it's stolen? Yeah, they didn't have releases. They never yeah. said it was stolen. <laughs> they just, it, Seth Rogen said it was seized. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so they never said it was stolen, but they don't have releases. So all these companies, uh, smart, they didn't, they didn't take the deal because they would have got their asses sued. Uh, so the... Uh, Seth Rogen's character says he comes to the idea. He comes to, he comes to the fruition. This is this epiphany. He's like, I'm going to sell it on the internet. And the internet was new. People didn't know what websites were again, mid to late nineties. Still think about the first time you got on the internet. And I don't care how tech savvy you are now today. The first time was, was, was probably a little rough. You know, I, I remember my first laptop and getting on the internet and understanding. I didn't know what a browser was. I didn't know, you know, what I needed to, like, I bought a laptop and I was like, get on internet. Just thought I would just go. I didn't realize that I needed a modem in my laptop, which not all laptops came with at the time. So I had to put a modem in it. And then I was like, well, how do I, where do I plug it in? Then you plug it in. You're like, oh shit, you can't be on the phone at the same time. It's like talking to the phone. How are words coming through the phone line? That's so fucking weird. I mean, there was all these things that were so new to us and the lingo um, they were called, you know, they, they were, they didn't refer to the internet as the internet. They referred to it as the web. You know, that, yeah. that, that's what it was. They're like, I'm going to sell it on the web. And Nick Offerman's character is like, what's a web. And he's like the web, the worldwide web www like what is that he goes let me show you he goes oh on the computer you're gonna say how do you sell it on the I mean, it's it's really interesting because for most of us especially if you're my age or even nate's age this was like yesterday right yeah but it was so long ago that we were talking like this and acting like this so they do uh at the at the, the beginning stages of the internet when it was really the wild west there were, there, there were no restrictions or guidelines, what we're going through now, net neutrality and all that stuff, blah, 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 that you could do anything you wanted at the beginning stages of the internet. Say what you want it, do what you want, buy what you want, you know, whatever, legal, not legal. Nobody knew how to control it. So they put together a web page, a, literally a web page with a couple still shots that would take a second to load as they show you uh, on this docuseries, which is great. Remember how the, you're like, all right, it's loading. It's loading. It's loading. Yeah. Almost to the nipples. Almost. Oh, there's the movies. <laughs> it would go from top to bottom. It was like, it was unfolding, unraveling. something. it was like, oh, wow. Oh, ew. Ah, ah. And you, you'd have to wait a good couple minutes. Right. And so you, they would, they would take orders and it would be money orders. They weren't doing credit cards. And he came up with this idea 
because of his ex-girlfriend who became a lesbian, but they're still friends. She calls him to come over to fix her toilet and her toilet needed um, a part. It was an older toilet. He couldn't find it anywhere. He's going through the phone book. He's calling all these places, couldn't find it. Finally, he call. He goes on to the computer. He thinks about going on the computer and searches for it. And he finds a place in another state. And he calls him up. And uh, the guy said, oh, my God, our business is, uh, you know, more than doubled because of what we're doing on the on the web. And, and that's how, you know, you found me in California. So that's where he gets the idea to sell it on the web. You can do whatever. No one's going to know who you are. Yeah. You know, you just send it to a PO box. That's what's where you're sending the money. So they do that. They had to borrow money from this other character who's played by Andrew Dice Clay, who's a, a mafia loan shark and he kills nice. it. He does a great job. And then it just goes from there. Um, and then of course, the tape is released. They're selling it. And then what Rand doesn't think of is people bootlegging it and selling it. And he runs into a guy in the in the in the parking lot of Tower Records that's selling it for half the price. And he goes up to him and he says, he says, uh, he says, What are you doing? He goes, That's my tape. He goes, You're Tommy Lee. He goes, No, I put it out first. And he goes, Sorry, man. This is, you know, free country. You can do whatever you want. It's like, because he had no rights to it. You know, that was the problem is no one, the only people that had rights to the tape were Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee, and it had been stolen from them. So now it's already out there spreading like the plague. And uh, also during this whole thing, this other character is introduced of a young kid, a young guy who's in charge of this upstart internet company in Seattle that has all with the webcams. Remember when the porn started hit the internet, there were webcam stuff and you would pay. It was like a peep show, like a digital peep show. And, and he was like, this is the future of porn. This guy's like in his twenties and he's got this big warehouse of different girls in beds and they're all kind of, and there's just a webcam and people are paying. He's making hand uh, money, hand over fist. And so he's introduced into this. So he's a part of the whole, the whole thing. Um, so they finally find out Pamela Anderson, and Tommy Lee hire a PI. They find out who it was. They're like, they figured out it's Rand. They're going after him. Uh, Rand's business partner skips town. I'm guessing this is all true. This fucking story is amazing. Uh, Milt, Nick Offerman's character skips town, goes to the Netherlands and now Andrew Dice Clay is after his $50,000 that they had to borrow. And so he's wanted by all these people that want him dead. And uh, he just wants out now. So he ends up getting a hold of Tommy Lee and says, this is like the best scene ever. Makes you love Tommy Lee. Total fucking rock star move. He says, uh, you, you know, meet me at this place at this time and bring like $22,343.65 or whatever. It was like some number. And that's how much he owed him for his work. And he's like, and we'll be done with this, which was stupid because you're not done with it. The tape's already out there. Yeah. So Tommy Lee meets him at this location and there's a fence that, that separates them. And Tommy Lee has got like 30 grand or something. He's like, I didn't ask for that much. He's like, it doesn't matter. I don't care. He's got a stack of $100 bills. He's got like 20, 30 grand in his hand. And he says to him, he goes, I, I can be an asshole. I know. And you know what? I might not blame you for 
wanting to get back at me for the way I treated you. But you got to ask yourself, what did Pamela do? She did nothing. This is hurting her more than anybody. And she did absolutely nothing. And you have done all of this. And it made him feel bad. Then Tommy Lee takes the money and lights it on fire. And he says, you will never get a fucking dime from me. And if this fence weren't between us, I would beat the shit out of you. And he lights the stack of hundreds on fire and he throws it over the fence. <laughs> like, that's the biggest rock star move ever, dude. That is awesome. Uh, so uh, eventually, going back to the beginning of this conversation where I asked you where you watched it, you said for free on the internet. So at first it was not free. You did the money order. You paid for the VHS tape. He shipped you the VHS tape. Then bootleggers got a hold of it, right? But not everybody knew how to post it online. So insert, they, they, then Penthouse wants to get involved because they want to always get back at Hugh Hefner because Pam Anderson was her, you know, her golden child. So they want to post the still pictures and write a story about it. And uh, um, they, they find out and they sue but before, like before they even start, they lose penthouse ends up post, you know, doing a story and putting it in the magazine, one of their magazines. So now they can use Pamela Anderson's nude photos because of this sex tape. So playboy no longer has the exclusive rights on Pamela Anderson and her body. Uh, you know, wow. on penthouse is a dick move, but great business move. Yeah. They, yeah. they lose the lawsuit because the judge rules in the first amendment freedom of speech. And so they're going nuts. The relationship is falling apart. It's she's, she just puts out the movie barbed wire, which tanked, which was horrible. <laughs> and she can't get another part. I guess she was the, another thing that I thought was interesting. She was up for the Elizabeth Hurley role. And as they called it, the James Bond spoof, which was Austin powers, you know, can you imagine yeah. her in that role, which I could, to be honest with you. Elizabeth Hurley was a no one. No one knew who she was. Pamela Anderson still was a big deal. And uh, she would have been great in that role. And she would have had residuals for the rest of her life. That was a huge movie. Huge. That was a huge series. Well, they do like three of them. Yeah. yeah, at least. And then she lost the role, which was the real important role she wanted uh, in L.A. Confidential to Kim Bassinger. And so they talk about that, but they're thinking they're doing this because she's got bad PR. Tommy Lee's getting in fights, getting arrested, blah, blah, blah. Their whole world is ex just, just crumbling around them because of this stolen sex tape. And no one is giving them the benefit of the doubt, which is shitty. They, just because you do it, make a sex tape doesn't mean somebody has the right to steal it, profit off of it, and exploit you. You know, that's just like, uh, you know, when we talked about the most hated man on the Internet, just because if you take the girl's story, um, Charlotte Law's daughter, who will be an upcoming guest on this show, by the way, um, you know, if you believe her story that she took the, the nude photos in the privacy of her own room and emailed them to herself, that doesn't mean that somebody like Hunter Moore can hack into her email account and steal the pictures and then post them to exploit her. You know, I, I think people get it twisted. They're like, you you asked for it because you did it. Okay, well, I could probably write down about five different things about your life that could be exploited and say the same thing to you, and you're going to argue that that's not fair. And you would be right. 
So, you know, kind of look at it from the other side a little bit. Just because you take nudes in the privacy of your own home doesn't mean you get to, that somebody else gets to exploit you for it. That's why there's revenge porn um, laws in effect and so on and so forth now. But anyway, so um, they, they, the, the, their world is crumbling and they're losing the lawsuits. They don't know what to do. And so the internet dude appears. This guy's got balls. He goes to Rand first and he says, I want to buy the rights to the tape. I want to buy, or no, I want to buy the original tape because they needed a pop on their, 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 their webcam porn stuff. So they released uh, footage of the tape for free. Uh, and, and it was grainy. It wasn't very good because it had, it's like third hand quality. So he goes straight to, he goes, I want the original tape. And he goes, I'll pay you for it. So he, he pays him for it because he owes the loan shark money so he can live. He like didn't make a dime out of any of this. I don't think, well, maybe he did. Maybe that, maybe I'm wrong. Cause he offered him $10,000 for the tape, but I think he settled for a crazy amount. Like the guy gave him millions of dollars. Maybe that was the case. I forget. But anyway, so then this internet nerd, this little dorky guy that runs this web porn company out of Seattle, he sets up a meeting with Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson and says, I have your tape. I own your tape. I bought it from Rand whatever. And I want you to sign over the rights to the tape to me. They're like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. He goes, I will pay you for the rights to the tape and we all can make money. You know, it's already out there. It's all, think about that situation that you're in. It's all, the world has already seen it, right? Now you're in a sit. Now it's about ethics. You know, do you sell or, or is it about common sense? You're like, well, fuck, I might as well make some money off of it. But also what the guy is going to do now that he has the rights and he knows how to do this, he can put it behind a paywall and because they gave him the rights to the tape, he can go after anyone that's bootlegging it and shut him down legally. So that was that was that was the feather in, in the cap, right? And so Pamela Anderson wanted to sign it from the beginning because she was done. Tommy Lee was like, fuck you, get out of here. This smug little internet punk is like, all right, dude. Well, if you change your mind, here's my offer. And he leaves the stuff on the tail. They eventually sign it, make tons of money. Millions and millions of dollars, you know, and the, the internet guy makes millions and millions of dollars uh, and uh, they get divorced and they go on with their lives. I think she went on to Kid Rock next, you know, <laughs> but the, the, the story is, I mean, it, like it, it, the, 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 the focus of the early days of the internet, I found really interesting that and how much compassion you end up having for Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson. I felt really bad for him. And I still do to this day. Like, I feel guilty that I didn't feel bad for him then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, nobody wants their shit stolen out of their house. That's, that's shitty. But I just don't understand how it ruined her life and, and his, or I guess his also. She was in Playboy six times in the last six years before this tape came out. People have seen her naked. She was on currently on, or she, at the time she was on Baywatch. If, I don't know where, where she got the idea people would think she's a slut. If somebody's going to think she was a slut, 
they already thought that they've seen her naked. They've seen her vagina. They've seen her boobs, everything. If anything, Tommy Lee should be, I'm not embarrassed because he has a giant penis, but if anything, nobody's seen him naked before. He's the one that should feel the worst. Yeah, but it's different between being seen naked artistically, like in Playboy, and being seen having sex, intimacy, you know, your intimate moments having sex. She's not acting out sex. She's intimately having sex, and they're goofing around. It's their own private life. They were, I mean... Yeah, but what? Who who would think that she's a slut now? I mean, nobody was like, "Oh yeah, posing naked, spreading your legs on Playboy." That's all fine, but actually having sex on camera in your privacy of your own home—what a slut! You know, I mean, who's actually thinking that? Nobody's thinking that. I, I, I disagree. Again, you've got to go back. You were thirteen at the time, but you got to go back. You know, and I know it doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but you've got to go back to to those those times. There was still the 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 lopsided stigma of man and woman, right? I mean, it, it was still the idea that women are at home in the mid nineties. I know that sounds crazy, but I'll actually give you a side story to, to back that, that statement is when I first got into radio in 95, we were using at the time, the, the uh, how they recorded ratings was called the diary system. And they literally would send out pieces of paper to random, supposedly random individuals, and they would write out the answers to the questions. Now it's done differently. It's called PPM. They, again, allegedly have random people where these look like little Walkmans, and in your radio signal, there's a watermark that um, it'll pick up if you were listening for five full minutes in a quarter hour, zero to 15, so on and so forth. Um, and that's how the radio station will get ratings. Then it was writing it down. So the stations that predominantly did well were female stations. And still to this day, that kind of holds true. Why is that? Well, guys weren't at home. And I was told this from the program director. He's like, guys are not at home to fill these things out. Women are. They got nothing else to do. So they're filling these things out. And I was like, even at that time and at that age, and I was in my early 20s, I'm going, God, that's kind of a sexist thing to say, right? I was like, women are fucking working. I know they're working. I know friends that work during the day. What are you talking about? Those are my friends. The women that were listening were 25 to 54 on that upper scale. They were the 40s. They're still at home with the babies, you know, that kind of thing. So again, mid-90s, it was that there was, things were evolving and getting better, but it was still that stigma of, you know, you're naked, you're a woman, you're a slut, you're a whore. Um, yeah. And a, she was naked every year for the six years before this thing happened. And one of the pictures she, she has her head back, she's moaning and she has her hand in, in like not in, but on her vagina. I'm sorry. No, nobody thought that was okay. And then decided you were a slut after a personal tape got leaked from you. But, the, and that's, that, that's, what's interesting about this is, but it was stolen. That's the thing. It was stolen. And, you know, and, and it, there, there is a difference. I understand what you're saying, and, and maybe there's some validity to it. I get it. But it was stolen. It was private. That, that yeah. should have never made it out to the public. Agreed. But I just don't like these women that are staying at home that you're talking about. They probably already had an opinion of her. I mean, she was she was on Baywatch. Like, that was the, the last year or the year before last season or whatever that she was on Baywatch. She was already known as this sex, like kind yeah. of sex symbol in Playboy nude. Like you, you heard her name, you thought nudity Playboy. So I don't see how this tape would, was changing anybody, anybody's mind at the time. 
Well, how it changed the minds is so if everybody thinks that, especially because of the tape now more than ever, then you're unhirable because as a company, you don't want to deal with that headache. You know, you, you don't. It, it, yeah, but why was she, why was she losing jobs? They they knew she was a nude model. Like that was her that was literally her job. So why why would any company be like, oh, no, we're not we're not dealing with you anymore. Because she the entire time she was on Baywatch, she was doing Playboy. She was doing spreads on Playboy the entire time. Yeah, but she's got now the bad press. She's suing left. She's suing right. Companies don't want the headache. They just they don't want that type of stuff. And yeah. also, why could this guy now that he has the rights sue? the bootleggers or whatever, couldn't they just do that? Like why? I don't understand why them giving the rights to this guy. Oh, now he can go after them. They could have done the same thing. Yeah. I, I didn't understand that part either. I, I, no. I, the only thing that I could think of was he knew how to do it and they didn't. True. That, because again, they, it shows the generation gap between, especially Tommy Lee, who's older than I am you know, Pamela Anderson, and then this young kid who gets it. So I think it, even the lawyers didn't get it. So I think a lot of it had to do with, I know if I put it behind a paywall, then I can go after him. It was, yeah. it's a very end scene of, of the docuseries, but it's really, really good. But you look at, okay, so what was the biggest sex tape before this that was, that leaked? Uh, the Rob Lowe one. Having sex, I think he was in Atlanta, actually. Having sex with a minor. Yeah, 16-year-old. 16-year-old, okay. His career didn't suffer at all. No. I think he came out at one point and said it was like the best thing that ever happened to him. Yeah. Because he he got more notoriety from it or something. Nothing happened to him. He was a guy. I mean, there's the double standard, right? Uh, Not a big deal. Times change. Women start to, you know, as you drift into the 2000s, like enough's enough. You know, start treating us with, you know, start, don't treat us any differently, let's just say. So the next big sex tape that comes out is? After this? After, yeah, the Pam and Tommy Lee. Oh, Pam and Brett Michaels. Oh, yeah. Well, that was actually, was that before? It was in 1998. So that was after. Yeah, it was literally two years after, which makes me kind of almost think that she's, they're both lying about this and they just did this on purpose like the, what what is suggested that Kim Kardashian did as well? Oh, I forgot that she had two of them leaked out, didn't she? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm like. Come on, like and Brett Michaels. Whole, and Brett Michaels has a big penis too. Yeah, it wasn't the best video, but no, um, it wasn't very good. It wasn't a good follow up to the the boat video. <laughs> uh, so okay, so um, the one at, next one after that is what? Mm. Oh, by the way, that video did nothing to Brett Michaels. I don't think it did anything to Pamela Anderson either. Cause it was like, all right, we've already been there. It's like, it's like talking to the 10th girl Tiger Woods fucked, you know, yeah. it's like, okay, we've heard this story before. I know church parking lot condom, you know, Denny's I get it. Okay. Uh, the next one was Paris Hilton in the early two thousands or late nineties. 99. Yeah. That's probably all 2000. I didn't really see. I thought that was, I thought there was more in between there. Well, because, well, you, no, yeah, that would have been the next big one. That, and that probably is the biggest outside of the Pam and Tommy Lee. That sex tape made TMZ what TMZ is today. If that sex tape did not come out, TMZ would not be what it is. You know, Paris Hilton, Britney Spears, 
Those two women made TMZ. There's no doubt about it. I remember the early days of TMZ. It was all about this fucking sex. And it made Paris Hilton somebody. She embraced it. Like, that's the difference. She didn't fight the sex tape. She embraced it. And she was like, you can call me what you want. I don't care. I'm, I'm a Hilton. I've got millions and millions of dollars. I just don't give a shit. And it actually, I think, made her career. The sex tape, that was when we started to go, okay, these sex tapes are making people's career because everybody started doing them and started leaking them out. And it was like a thing. Uh, so her buddy, Kim Kardashian, is like, let me try this. And she puts one out with Ray J, right? Was that Brandy's brother? Not our Brandy, yeah. but singer mm-hmm. Brandy. Uh, car killer Brandy. Her, her brother. And that flops, but people start to know who she is. And then that club oh, that made her career like that, that blew her up. Oh, you Nobody so? knew who she was. Oh yeah. Everybody knew who Paris Hilton was already because she was for uh, the Hilton heiress, but nobody knew who Kim Kardashian was. She was OJ's lawyer's daughter that she was just like a friend of the, the rich social socialites, but she became somebody once the sex tape came out. That's, that's why she's famous. It wasn't very good. No, it wasn't. No. And the Paris Hilton, the only reason why it was good was because she was way hot and it was like night vision, which was kind yeah. of weird. It's like aliens. Yeah, because it, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't filmed great. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, God, there's been well, there was been other um, Baywatch chicks that did uh, that had sex tapes. That uh, was it. Not Nikki. Was it Nikki? Nicole Eggert. Yeah, Eggert. I think she had one. Did she? Uh, you sure about that? She was so hot back in the day. Charles in charge. Blown away with the Corys. Not the Tommy Lee, the actor Tommy Lee version, but. Was that a movie? I've talked about it before. One of the best movie, like rated soft porn scenes was that scene with the Corys and Nicole Eggert. It's hot. Really, really hot. And it helped that I had a crush on her. But it was dirty. Like, really, really dirty. You know, it was a threesome. It was dirty. Two dudes. Mm-hmm. When did it come out? It was a B-movie, dude. Um, mid mid to late 90s, I guess. Blown Away. It's called Blown Away. If you look it up on IMDb, yeah. you'll find it. Oh, yeah. No, I'm trying to find this other. I think it was, was it Erica Inkin or Inklin or something? Uh, from Baywatch. Oh, the one that married Nikki Six. Yeah, maybe that's uh, uh, Erica Demar Demar Yeah, I think it was her. I don't know. There's another Baywatch chick that had a one. Obviously, it's not as famous, but it made them. You know, and it is a double standard because it does nothing. You know, the like you almost don't even remember the guys. Like, nobody talks about, Reggie, Kim Kardashian. You know, it's all Kim Kardashian. Uh, yeah. The dude that banged Paris Hilton, I didn't even forget his name. I see him all the time because he's a professional poker player. And he's at the poker table. Um, kind of douchey. Real douchey, actually. But everybody's like, what the fuck are you doing with that guy? You know, it's like, if you're going to do a porn, do it with, a, like, a celebrity, right? <laughs> do yeah. <laughs> do it with somebody that people know who he was. But in those days, he was he was part of that socialite crew that was going around to the clubs with the Lohans and the Kardashians and the Hiltons yeah. and the Richies. Rick Solomon. Rick Solomon. Yeah. He's yeah, uh, was, the tape was in uh, 2004. Yeah. And they really, they, I don't know the whole story behind that, but I'm pretty sure they released it. 
you know, they let it leak or he did or, you know, on purpose. Yeah, he he definitely did for sure. Yeah. He just didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to get money. But anyway, uh, watch it. It is absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely, absolutely phenomenal. It is a great, it, it's, it's just, I don't know. I looked at it a little bit different. I have compassion to, with him and so on and so forth. I thought that I thought I, I thought it was kind of shitty what he did. You know, more to pan like I could see him doing something shitty to Tommy Lee because the way he treated him. I wouldn't blame him for that. And he did, kind of, but he didn't. You know, I mean, throughout all these years that it took with litigation and fighting and arguing and back and forth, was it worth it? And again, I don't remember how much the 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 burglar actually made. I know he was offered $10,000 at first for the tape, but I think he ended up settling for a lot more than that. And it's probably worth, um, probably worth more. I mean, not worth more, but at the time, it wasn't a common thing to have that happen. So probably the highest bidder. All right. So with that being said. Uh, oh, oh, sorry. It's Gina Lee Nolan. That was the Gina one. Gina Lee Nolan. Yes. Another blonde from the show. Who did she have a uh, sex tape with? Um, I don't, it must have been her boyfriend or husband at the time. He looks like a fucking nerd. He, here, I'll send you a screenshot of it. He has, uh, she's like on all fours in their living room, and she and he, uh, he looks like just some computer nerd. He still has his business shirt on. It looks like he had a suit on. He just took his pants off. <laughs> I'd be embarrassed if there's a sex tape. Like I've never uh, done anything on camera before, just because I'm not well-equipped to do it or skilled enough to do it, you know, uh, I'd be embarrassed. I, 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 I couldn't go out of my house that I'd be made fun of. It'd be like, Oh, look at the little tiny penis. Oh, you only lasted for 20 seconds. You know, it's like, Oh, that poor girl. It'd be guys lined up outside my house. Be like, you need a real man. Let me give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess that's why this guy, maybe he left his shirt on. So, you can't see what he's working with. He just looks like he has a big bush, maybe. Felt so in, I'd feel so yeah. inadequate. Do you see the picture? Oh, hold on. You sent it to me? Hold on. Yeah. When this one came out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> see the guy? Does he look like a nerd? Looks like a... Uh... Oh, yeah. You also sent me the Serena Williams thing. Yeah, I saw that. She's retiring after the US Open. He looks like, uh... it looks like a do-it-yourself video. Like where they like yeah, a right? home shopping like network commercial. <laughs> like they, it's like, Hey Tim, can you come in and help out with this scene? Okay. Yeah. I just, just put down the donuts. We'll, we'll get, thanks for getting, thanks for picking them up, Tim. Yeah. You can copy that later. Just come on in here. We need you to put your penis in Gina. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. It looks like, uh, it looks like, I don't know if it was her boyfriend or husband at the time, but it, it says it's speculated that his ex, his ex-wife, found the tape in the VCR and then leaked it to the internet. I wonder how many people have ever asked their wives. Have you ever made a sex tape with somebody else? Most of them, Uh-oh. if they do, they'd lie. I'm sure. Oh yeah. To- yeah, totally. Yeah. It's probably a more common question now than ever. I mean, at the time you probably didn't really care, but now that the internet exists and it can be spread so easily, I'm sure people are more worried about that. I think my first wife had a tape out. I think I asked her that question. I think her ex-boyfriend, her and her ex-boyfriend did something. And I was like, (sighs) I wouldn't even worry about the tape. It was just like, we've talked about it before. Just 
those girls that do porn when they're in their 20s or something make a little bit extra money on the side, and then then mm-hmm. it's out there, and they find it. That's in 30 years, people are going to be like, did you ever do that OnlyFans thing back in uh, the 2020s? Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Because <laughs> who knows what's next, right? I mean, it's going to be something new. There's always yeah. something new. Nobody saw OnlyFans coming 15 years ago. <laughs> Nobody saw webcams when you're jerking off to a VHS tape. You know, so... Who knows? What's yeah. Next. And what if things in the future get a little more conservative where it's not okay? So like 20 years from now, you're like, yeah, remember when everybody took their clothes off the internet for money? Fucking weirdos. <laughs> well, the next thing will be the Oculus and the avatar and the, the metaverse and all that kind of stuff. It was like, you know, and then the years 2249 or something to be like, did you ever cheat on your wife back in the day with the avatar? Remember that one slut, Buhagabaga? Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was half pig. Dude, she was the best, man. She was the best. Yeah. <laughs> the penis squeezer 3000. You remember that one? <laughs> remember the dick dragon? Oh my God. He was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> the upgrade killed me though. Pinch my penis right off. <laughs> yeah. I had to take the Oculus off, man. I was just like, I'm done. No more crazy werewolf vaginas. I just couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> uh, all right. With that being said, everything better. Everything's better with fuck uh, for this week is Pamela Anderson. Whatever we do, it's better with fuck. What? Everything's better with the fuck. And are you ready to give a fuck about your health? And check out Chef Erica, our friend Erica Nicole Day, ericanicoleday.com. She is an experienced culinary medicine consultant and private chef. She's got a medical and high-end restaurant background. She's available for consulting on meal plannings. That's huge, especially if you're trying to lose a few pounds, right? It's probably your diet. And there's just these little tweaks that you can make. Just reach out to Chef Erica. Uh, I mean, she can help you out one way, shape, form, fashion, right? So these meal planning, which you can consult with is for weight loss, helping with medical conditions or strict macros, like for you bodybuilders uh, or fitness trainers out there that just need a little bit of help. She's the one to go to. And she's a fantastic human being. And she's a big time supporter of us. Erica Nicole Chef Erica, Erica Nicole Day.com. All right. These aren't necessarily from Actually, they're not anything from acting with Pamela Anderson. They are just clips that I found with Pamela Anderson. Because as every week when I do this bit, I learn something. What I learned was Pamela Anderson did not have a lot of speaking lines. Uh, <laughs> if you so go if shocked, you, if you go back and watch, and that's part of the uh, the Pam and Tommy on Hulu, they there's a one of the episodes she's supposed to have a big, this big monologue in, in on Baywatch and they scrap it. And that's, you know, they're like, just look pretty. That's all we need you to do. I mean, <laughs> those guys that ran that show were pretty misogynistic. They were, they were, they, they were where they were, but anyway, so these, <laughs> she's a female Schwarzenegger. The, these, these are Pam Anderson lines so with, from interviews or whatever. Okay. So since okay. I only got you today, Nate, you're going to rate it one to 10, 10 being the best. And the winner gets played a second time. Here we go. People are really looking for a connection right now, don't you think? I'm such a romantic and always looking for ways to fuck people either, you know, fall in love or, or make their relationships more interesting and stay together. And I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't really work for me, but I'm still searching. So <laughs> there you go. Little fuck people in there. What do you think? Uh, it was a good one to start off with. I will give that a seven. Um, it made complete sense, and the the context was good too. Okay, seven. 
So, you know, every week they're different. There's a different, like, vibe. It's a different little strategy behind them. Okay, here's the second one. Have you ever played Mary Kill? Kill? No. Okay. I'm going to give you three names. You have to tell me who you would marry, who you would kill, and who you would kill. I kill them all. You wait till you hear the names. I you might not want to. Okay, so it's three of your Baywatch co-stars. So oh. Zach Efron, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, and David Hasselhoff. Mary, oh. kill. Marrying Dwayne. Fuck. Efron and uh, freaking kill, kill Hasselhoff. Hasselhoff. <laughs> there you go. That's a long, long yeah. one. A lot of fucks. It was a long one, but I will give that an eight because there were a lot of fucks and you you worked them all in very well. Wow. Um, so I will give that an eight. Eight. Okay, that's pretty good. We're going up. Here's the last one. Pam and her parents in Vancouver for Earth Day. I think I learned how to work really hard from my mom and my dad. <laughs> that was a quick, that was a quickie. Learned how to yeah, fuck quick. really hard from my mom and dad. <laughs> yeah, that was actually my favorite one. I will give that one a nine. Wow, seven, eight, nine. I got to tell you, I switched them up a little bit, and I put the the second one in there. Uh, that was actually a different spot, and I thought you were going to pick that one. That was my favorite. But you got number three, so that's the winner. Here we go. Pam and her parents in Vancouver for Earth Day. I think I learned how to work really hard from my mom and my dad. Nice, <laughs> quick, simple, easy, to the point. Yeah, I saw that thing uh, about Serena Williams after U.S. Open. She's out. It's time for her to go. She's 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 done. She's you know she's the highest earning female athlete of all time. Do you know that? Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's yeah. I guess yeah. Because I I don't think they pay a lot in the WNBA and the neither the, the women's soccer team doesn't make a lot of money. So those those tennis tournaments they they pull in quite a bit. I think. Yeah, if you win, and she's won plenty of them, and, and she's changed the game. I mean, she she, you know, in the in the world of tennis, uh, as a young African American female coming into the sport from Compton, there were tournaments in her early days that there were racist crowds. Believe it or not, uh, there's the infamous story of Miami, in playing in Miami, and the crowd was racist, and that that's a thing. You know, I think they talk about that a little bit in the movie in King Richard. Um, so her and her sister, Venus, they changed the game, absolutely changed the game. And they were so much fun to watch in their prime. Even now, when you watch them, just it's just next level stuff. So that's very sad. That makes me sad that she's retiring because we'll no longer see her on the court. If you're a tennis fan, Livia Newton-John passing away this week at the age of 73. That makes me sad. Everybody loves Olivia Newton-John. I've never met one. Eh, maybe that's not true. I've met very few people that don't like Olivia Newton-John, or should I say, don't get Olivia Newton-John. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how you can hate her. I, I think most people think of Greece when they they hear her name and just think of her being, you know, the sweet, the sweet little uh, co-host or uh, co-actor. Well, remember that was like a thing at the radio station when we interviewed her, we had her on the show and I was the filter for our guests and I would say yes or no. And the ones that Nate knew that I'd say yes to, we automatically said yes. But the ones he question marks, I, I wasn't, I wouldn't run it by the show. Uh, I tried that in the early days of the show and I couldn't wait four days for people to respond back. So, uh, you know, that's not how that works in that world. So I, I was the guy. And I said yes to Olivia Newton-John, knowing that I'd had no kickback from anyone on the show. And we had a very decent conversation. I mean, it wasn't 
radio changing mind blowing, but it was cool. I thought it was cool to have a living in John on. I mean, Greece is a iconic movie and she had a good message because she's a breast cancer survivor. I think that's why she was on actually. I thought that was a good message. You know, I've always had the mindset when it comes to guests. uh, And this is one of the things I do not miss about radio is the powers that be in radio feel that the guests for morning shows, other shifts I can understand, but morning shows, especially when you would run a show like I would run a show where it was a variety show. It was a little bit of everything for everyone. Um, they were always, is it rock? You know, and then now everybody's got a different interpretation of that. It's got to be somebody that eats blood. Ah, if you're going to get a chick on, make sure you talk about her titties. Yeah. Rock and roll. You know, and that's what they're trying to do now. But it's creepy when you're in your fucking 50s and you're doing that on the radio to a kid that's 26 years old. It's gross. You know, so there's ways to do it as I tried to teach certain people that you can still have that flirtatious edge, but just change around the words a little bit, you know, be a little bit more mature about it. Kind of like what I said to Robin Lively earlier this week. I, 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 I didn't go, you are hot. He just loved you. You're my favorite karate kid chick. No, I said, I, I was, mo- uh, what did I say? I said, I was, you were most relatable to me. And in turn, yeah. I figured I could sit there and play video games with you, which is like, you know, code, you know what I mean? And she got it. And she appreciated it. She even said it. Go back to listen to Monday's episode, uh, episode 83 of the, of the BS. You know, that's the way to do it. We didn't do that. Neither one of us did that with Olivia Newton-John. I mean, I'm sure that something was said like, oh, back in the day, I didn't, oh, that's fine. I didn't, I didn't think there was anything weird. That, I thought it was a pretty decent run-of-the-mill interview. Fill, fill the time. It was listenable. People enjoyed it. That's the way I looked at it. And I remember afterwards... There was a certain somebody at that radio station at the time that he and I had major heat for to this day. I still don't know why. And (laughs) the program director at that time, for some reason, turned heel on me to this day. I have no idea why. And uh, and there was some rumblings going around how they were making fun of the interview. And I think it was even questioned in an email. Livy Newton, John, question mark, something like that. I said, yeah. Why? Question mark. <laughs> I never got a response. <laughs> like fucking mind your own business. Yes. Stay, stay in your lane. That's your job. Now let me do my job. You know, some of the best interview, they, I don't, I hate to call them interviews. You look at them as conversations. I'll talk to anybody. If you got a story, right? I don't talk right. to you because you're a celebrity. I don't talk to you because you're in some blockbuster movie. I talk to you because you got a story and everybody likes stories. doesn't matter who you are. What level of celebrity you are. If you have a story, it's interesting. And that's the bottom line. You know, that mindset of you got to only get the A-list celebrities on because only one. No, if you're a good enough interviewer, you can make anyone an A-list celebrity with a compelling story. Because that's what it's about. And let me tell you something else. A little little secret in the entertainment world. Most of the A-list celebrities are shitty interviews, especially on the radio. They got eight to 10 minutes to promote whatever it is that they're going to promote. Their mindset is, let me come and hijack this radio show and talk about, talk about, talk about, talk about. I might let them get a question in. Then you get a question in, right? An opening question. They ramp off. And then if you got what I had, 
somebody that takes four minutes to ask a fucking stupid ass question, the interview's over. And all they have to do is answer with, oh yeah. <laughs> That's like the answer. There's no, there's no, it's not a leading question. It's like a yes or no question. Yes. <laughs> That's all they do. So that's, that's what sucked. But Olivia Newton, John was very sweet to us. And I was, I was very happy that, um, I got to speak with her before she passed away, you know? Yeah. Now we just got to talk to her boyfriend. Uh, it disappeared. Oh, Dave, David Geffen. Was it David Geffen? Is that the name? Um, I don't know. The one that disappeared. Yeah. The one that di- didn't he, but he came back. They found him. Yeah. Yeah, they, they yeah, like, it, but we never know why he disappeared or where he went to. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, you're right. That's that's the question now, right? All right, uh, good stuff today. Uh, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Again, I'm going to tell you, go to podcastthebs.com. Please subscribe if you don't already. Cool things in the works. Uh, I'm not going to go much. I think I slipped last uh, first segment, but that's all right. Uh, Nate, you got anything before we get out? Lock up your sex tapes. And happy Friday, fuckers. Happy Friday, fuckers. Beer. I was going to say beer fucks in harmony. Beer chugs in <laughs> harmony. Uh, Nate reposts them from his social media onto ours. So you can see that and support that. Make sure you like and share that as well. All right. Have yourself a great and safe weekend. If you're going to be doing some drinking, understand and get it. But if you had too much, please do not get behind the wheel of a car. I've lost way too many friends like that. I don't want to lose you. All right. Talk to you soon. Hey, bye. Get off my lawn. It's old man Kevin, and the BS is done for right now. Please share, like, and support podcastbs.com. It's better than radio. Now, get out of here.